you lot. You listen to Garage Hammer. Episode 167. On tonight's episode, the Manlings talk about another Stonecast Eternal Chamber. Apparently, Sigmar is opening them up nice and slow because he doesn't want the gift to stop giving or something. That's right. I got a whole nother race of my people come out and we're still talking about Stormcast. Whatever. Shut it. I'm listening to me show. Welcome to the garage, you tools, for the next two hours or thereabouts. We will do our best to keep you informed, entertained, and perhaps have a laugh or two along the way. Bringing you lightning lads, the hunters of the darkest wilds, and another Stormcast review. I'm Alex Gonzalez. I am Groot. I was waiting for that. I've been waiting for months and months for Groot. And he well, delivered. The movie's coming out in like two weeks. Every, everywhere oh, that's I, right. Everywhere I turn around, the, there's something for it. It's just in my head. So what, do you, what can you do? You just you know? got to go with it, I guess. Yep, yep, yep. So um, you are recording here in the crypt today, yeah. not via Skype. This is... You're sitting in the mess and filth that I sit in every every time we're recording. It's beautiful, kind of. It's all good. It's all good. So, um, all right. Uh, more Stormcast. Yeah, it doesn't stop. Yep. Gravy Train keeps going. Now, I mean, I, I get it. The book came out, you know, a little while ago, and there's two new books come out since this one. Mm-hmm. We'll get to them. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and probably in short order, I would imagine. Yeah. Boom, yeah. Boom. <laughs> I see what you did there. Sorry. I see that. I got you. Okay. Well, that's uh, good. Okay. Let's. Uh, you know what? Why don't we quick thank the sponsors, and of then we'll uh, we'll get to it then. All right. So the sponsors of Garage Hammer are Unique Gifts and Games in Gray's Lake, Illinois. And uh, thanks for hiring Harrison. Oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> get him out of the house and yeah. doing something. Boys working there. He's always got my car now, though. Like he works there all weekend. He's like, Dad, I, you want to drive me to work? I'm like, Not no. really. All right, give me the keys. Ugh. Uh, Chaos Orc Superstore. <laughs> Chaos Orc Superstore. Chaos Orc Superstore. And Six Squared Studios. For all your MDF needs. Oh, boy. Six Squared's awesome. Yes. They really are. In fact, I got, just got in touch with them again. They're going to be sending out another shipment of the things to the, to the patrons, to the newer patrons, the little uh, measures. We gave out those, uh, the, the uh, what do you call objective markers? The, yeah. Garage Hammer objective markers to to our opponents. They sent us that. Like, you don't have anything to give out this year. No, I don't. Oh, here, <laughs> send out these. Um, and they look sharp. I like. Oh yeah, yeah, they're great. They're great. So thank you to Six Square Studios. And someone actually, someone was uh, on the Facebook page asking about uh, you know do, I don't really want to rebase this and people are like you know it is kind of it does give you an unfair advantage of reach because those bases are a little smaller. Mm-hmm. And he's like, well, I don't want to rebase them because I, I want to play some of these other games possibly, which I originally said, and then I realized AOS is just taking up all my time, so yeah. forget it. Um, I don't have time to play the other games. But if you don't want to rebase, I'm like, you know, they have those little slot things you could put in. Mm-hmm. I was like, where do I get those? And I was like, well, one of, in fact, one of the guys who help us out a lot, and you you know, uh, is the TC War Room. Yeah, Wayne Barry and his crew. Yeah, and Wayne, uh, I, I owe him another bit of thanks. Guys, TC War Room, uh, you find him at TC Paintball, actually, is like I think the website. Because yeah. they have a huge paintball place, but they also have a huge gaming area. And uh, he makes, he gets all sorts of stuff like that. Plus, he's just they sell, you know, you can buy Warhammer stuff from them and stuff oh, like yeah. that. Uh, he got me a whole bunch of these... Um, uh, 
the resin bases and mm-hmm. stuff. You you know got him from brought him to Adepticon, really helped me out. And I'm like you can go him or of course there's Six Squared Studios, <laughs> and that's like they were like like minutes later they were on the Facebook page. That's right. Here's we can, we can get anything you need. Just get in touch with us. We're ready to go. Ready to help out anyone on Dave's show. So they were actually on the Facebook page, like the guys who work there. Mm-hmm. So if you need custom. MDF or custom yeah. bases, uh, and they do other things too. Like you know, you got those little MDF things to make little boxes and stuff, and mm-hmm. things on your terrain. They've got they they do all of that. So yeah, and the little uh, combat gauges and everything. The I've combat got a couple gauges of those. are great. Yeah, uh, I love them. You know, I mean, they're they're not giant heavy metal ones that you can wear on a chain, but they get the job done. Oh yeah, and uh, it's it's nice. You know, and it is nice. They send me stuff. So when I do go to tournaments, you can hand stuff out. It promotes the show. It's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. And they're. They're good people. They are. So. All right. Uh, oh, and let's not forget to thank our Patreon associate producers, James Mackey and Shirley Tempel. Thank you very much to both of them. Um, and if you are interested in supporting the show, uh, you can check us out on our Patreon page. Patreon is P-A-T-R-E-O-N uh, dot com slash garage hammer. And um, if you... I mean, if you don't know what Patreon is, then you haven't been listening to the last few episodes, but it's basically a way to sort of tip the show. If you want to be a supporter of the show every time an episode comes out, boom, then you tip the show, whatever it is you want. Excuse me. You want it. 50 cents, a dollar, a million dollars. If you give a million dollars a show, then you're crazy. Um, but, you know, um, whatever. I mean, it's any anything you want. So, uh, And it does really help keep the show going and getting things going. Um, I've got Daniel over here trying to get the new website stuff set up uh and once we've got that he's 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 got my other computer and he's getting it geared up so we can do us on skype and mm-hmm. on twitch so we can do the shows live mm-hmm. why they want why people want to look at me while we do the show i don't know but then they can listen in live and there's a the little chat room and they can yeah. comment and stuff um and that is uh, that was supposed to happen a while ago i know it was a while ago but i'm so not tech savvy and daniel's mm-hmm. like he graduated from college now so like he's got a job type job how dare he work? I know. <laughs> Instead of helping me for basically for free, but uh, I'll I'll get it up and running. Like we're working on it. It's get, it's coming close to getting getting going there, and he knows he's got to help us. So it's going to happen. Um, we did get a couple of voicemails. <laughs> we have voicemail. We do have voicemail. Yes, we do. And um, we got a few. If you would like to send us a voicemail, have your have your dulcet tones ringing out on the show. Then uh, I would say uh, you could call one seven five seven GH show six. That's one seven five seven GH show six. International callers in most countries dial zero zero and then one seven five seven GH show six. That's four four one four six nine six. For those of you who don't have letters on your phone, um, so uh, we did. Like I said, we did get a few. We're going to play them now. They'll be exciting and interesting and uh, fantastic. Let me just make sure the volume's up. And Hey, it's Logan from Canhammer. I just started listening to you guys a couple months ago. So we've had Alex on our show before. Uh, and he tried to sell me on Age of Sigmar last year before Depticon, and he definitely got me excited about it. Uh, right now, I'm calling you on the way home from an 80-man 40K tournament that some of my club's clubmates ran in southern Ontario. Uh, and I'm looking to take a bit of a break from 40K over the next couple months and looking to get into Age of Sigmar. So one of the things that comes with that is, of course, my love for undead, but my absolute hatred for high-model count armies. 
which sort of makes Flesh Eater Quartz a tough choice for me. So I was hoping you guys could give me a recommendation on something that is a relatively low model count army uh, that's still really competitive. Because I have very little interest in narrative play. I'm a match play kind of guy. Um, I've been looking at some chaos stuff. Uh, and that's definitely got me interested, somewhere in you know, chaos or demons. Uh, but let me know what you guys think. It would be great to hear from you on the show. Uh, but past that, thanks for doing what you do. And uh, we'll have to get you guys on the podcast at some point as well. Thanks. So there we go. That Logan was- is good people. I've if you've not met Logan or Chris or any of the Canhammer guys, fantastic guys to spend time with. Just absolute great hosts and yeah, no, they're good. They're really good guys. Uh, in fact, Chris, I don't think I mentioned this on the last show, but uh, Chris always hears me talking about how I trade jelly babies for people who come from England. <laughs> And I guess they have them in Canada, too, because when he said when he was coming here, he found Jelly Babies. So he just comes up to me. He's like, here, I bought you these three bags that they just had him. Like, he saw Jelly Babies. He's like, I hear you talking about them on the show. And he just brought me Jelly Babies, which, like, <laughs> you, like you are, you know, you bring me Jelly Babies. We are forever friends. Like, mm-hmm. that's just how that works, you know. Uh, so <laughs> just out of the blue, I was like, thank you. So, but, um, we might have to do that. We may have to take an episode where we talk competitive, like, like sure. hardcore. Like, what are the really competitive things? Mm-hmm. Um, we could even maybe do that. Oh, it's funny. Um, I think maybe next episode we're going to have a discussion on the coalescence, the narrative yeah, yeah. stuff that's going on in June. Because I think I'm going to run that, hopefully. But I can't do it June 10th. I won't be in town. We may do it like a week early at UGG, like mm-hmm. June 3rd. Um, and I think uh, we might we might actually get, and I don't want to throw names out in case it doesn't happen, but we might get Ming to come on and, no. and talk about it. That would be fantastic. If, if we can work out the time and all the stuff, uh, and that would be great. Um, it might be fun to talk half the show total narrative campaign and coalescence, and then the other half. Now, if you just want to come with a beat stick. Yeah. Uh, so maybe we'll cover that. So I, I don't have an answer for him, for Logan now. I mean, uh, there's the basics. I mean, you could do 27 Zangors or Skyfires, well, whatever they're called. I or, mean, if he wants to play Undead and relatively low model count, Night Haunt has been all sorts of popular lately. Um, we've seen Tyler Mengel do it. We've seen a bunch of yep. other guys. So if you want low model count that is pretty legit, all all Night Haunt's not the worst thing to do. True, true. Um, like I said, but if he does like Chaos, there is the 27 Skyfire list and the and corn, the new corn book. I mean, that's... <laughs> That's some tricksy chaos. It's not just smash them up, but it does it does play to running in and getting extra charges, extra attacks, mm-hmm. and smashing them up. It's it's some fun stuff in there. But we will talk about that even a little bit later. Yeah. Um. So that's that. Uh. We will get back to that though. I think that's not a bad idea. We never really sit and talk like dedicate time to how to punch your opponent in the face as hard as you can. Yeah. That might be something interesting to do. We never it do it. Might on the show. be. So I mean. You know, once in a while. What the heck? I mean, when I'm done sitting, you know, when we're done <laughs> writing little narrative stories and mm-hmm. coming up with names for all our characters, we can cater a little bit to the punch you in the face crowd. I mean, yeah. hey, that, hey, maybe they'll start to listen. Hashtag three ways to play. That's a thing. There you go. So there you are. All right. Next voicemail. Hey, guys. This is Matt from Indianapolis. Been listening to the show for a while. Pretty big fan, so great work, guys. I'm actually looking to possibly get into uh, Age of Sigmar some. I've got enough models to have a 
to have a battle at this point, but unfortunately I don't know anyone in my area, and none of the local game stores really seem to be supporting the game too much. So I was going to shout out here to your listeners and see if I could get a game going. So if anybody's interested, uh, send me an uh, email. Uh, my email is mx is an x-ray, x-a-x-x-g at gmail.com. Uh, that email, is, again, is mxxaxxg at gmail.com. Thanks, guys. I'm 90% certain he said mxxaxxg. Is that a real email address? At gmail.com. I believe so. Yeah. So, guys, email him. He wants to. He wants to. Uh, he wants to get a game in, and he's an indie. He said, "Yeah, he's an indie." Yeah. So, Dan and Dominic, if you guys are listening, please email this guy. Hook him up. Um, that's a two guys that help us out a lot with uh, terrain and stuff for Adepticon. They were up here when we did the open game day when AOS first came out. Oh, right, right. Yeah. So they're down in indies. So guys, hook him up, please. Cool, cool. And one last voicemail. Hello, this is Scott Reed. Um, out here in California, the uh, guest, or regular guest, I guess, on the Ninth Realm. We're having a big tournament out here at the uh, Broadside Bash at Kingdom Con at Crown Plaza in San Diego. So if anybody's interested, it's the uh, last week in April, the 29th and 30th. We'll be running uh, mixed missions, 2,000 points, 500-point sideboard, and it's very much a hobby event. Um, big fan of the show. I wanted to get the first part out of the way. Um, love Alex's edition. It's great. Uh, really enjoyed the show you guys did on the Flesh Eater Court. So uh, thanks for letting me go ahead and put that out there. And you guys have a great show. Thank you. Um, now, we didn't have... Uh, by, if you're listening to this right when it comes out, that tournament is this weekend. So there might yeah. still be slots. Um, it's this weekend coming up and you know what I got this like literally right after we recorded the last episode mm-hmm. and it was like I had already got it like edited and up to go and it was like <gasps> and then I didn't realize that the dates were that close I, I probably could have spent the extra time to go in and drop it in there I just I totally did I didn't get that done but uh, I hope that I hope it goes well for everybody and yeah. um, I'd, I'd like to hear how it goes I love hearing when people are running narrative events so mm-hmm. I'd love to hear how it goes so um Hopefully, if you guys are in in that area, you can go. That I do listen to the Ninth Realm, so hmm. that's uh, that's the the guys from uh, Ninth Realm is the guys that do um, the from Frontline Gaming. They do that. Uh, oh, the LVO guys, yeah, like Reese and all of them. Mm-hmm. They have their forty K podcast, and they got so into uh, AOS that they started doing uh, like they said that they do the twice a week forty K stuff, and now they've been adding in once every week or two. They do a, a, a little thing. AOS yeah, bump. Yeah, yeah, call it the Ninth the Ninth Realm. And mm. so it's it's good stuff, you know. I mean, they're they're obviously a little more tournament focused, sure. Um, but it's 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 good. I listen. So, um, all right. I think that's it. We did get some emails. Almost all of them <laughs> this the past two weeks were all basically um, not happy that that people who died in a completely different world a thousand years ago uh, won't be in, uh, might not be at Adepticon next year. Yeah. Um, and I mean, I get it because we're talking about eliminating things for a narrative reason in a competitive environment. I mean, I get it, folks. It was something we had considered. Um, we probably won't be doing it moving forward, but it was something that was up for consideration because. Oh, so know. now we may allow them anyway, or I'm not sure yet. 
We'll just see what the handbook does because the handbook too fixes a lot of the obnoxious ones. I'm looking at you, Setra. I'm looking at you, Sale. Yeah. Because um, I don't know. It's just one of those things that if we're going to be playing Age of Sigmar, we really should be playing with the armies and models that are available in the mortal realms, right. not necessarily guys that have been dead, D-E-D dead for... And, you know, I, I did get one, and part of it is, you know, um, you know, this person is technically a compendium scroll because they're, they, uh, they're, they're, they haven't gotten a new book yet. I mean, technically, Teclis and Tyrion and all them are compendium characters because they haven't been put out in a new book. I did get an email where it listed every mm-hmm. and the guy was really thorough, you know, and he had some suggestions and I, I I'm blanking on his name, but he went through and like listed every one of the little sub factions that are listed that have a compendium character. Yeah. That would be kicked out. Um and, and I kinda and I I, 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 mean, I don't know. There are some guys from i i kind of i don't want to say i got beef with compendium war scrolls it's just i mean if you want to play play but if if i mean if something's broken you got to address it and i mean there's nobody out there even not even the people playing sale who are going to tell you that's not that he needs he needs an adjustment he needs a fix yeah uh and if he's not going to get a fix you know it's i don't know i i, I see i i understand why you did what you did i was just i was surprised at how many people Send us emails saying, "Oh, are you crazy?" Well, I mean, yes, but <laughs> that goes besides the point. It's just one of those things we're trying to do stuff that's different. I mean, even South Coast wanted to move away from the compendium stuff, and people talked him back into it. So it's just one of those things that it's something we should be considering, but obviously we may not do it. So we're still kind of up in the air on that. Okay. Then, like I said, I just I just brought it up because I always talk about when we get voicemails and emails, and I was just like, wow. It was, it was odd because normally you get some stuff that's a little somewhere different. We did get one email um, who – and okay, you can explain this to me better because I just don't even – I don't want to say I don't care because it was a listener email. Um, but uh, Best Coast Pairings, what's the deal with Best Coast Pairings? Now, I know they have the ITC format or whatever that is, and that's they do that on California. That's recent, those guys. They do all that stuff, yeah, right? Yeah, that's them. Right. Um, and then someone said that you know we aren't doing Best Coast Pairings, and they're like, oh, I kind of wish you would. Now, if, if correct me if I'm wrong, but isn't that sort of like that's their sort of like tournament pack format that they use? The Best Coast Pairings is an app. Okay. Um, and essentially what each game does is they put in their scores into this app. Okay. And then it auto-calculates everything. There's very little TO interaction. Okay. So that's all well and good, but it only works on iOS devices. So if you have an Android, you are SOL as opposed to iOS. <laughs> um, I see. If you don't have a smartphone, again... But so, but WarScore does all that, and it works for anything, right? Isn't that what you're going to be using, WarScore? That's what we're going to be pushing to use is WarScore because it's a website. It prints or publishes to the internet, so it's not like it's dependent on a particular type of format or device. I see. And realistically, if we're going to be doing still like manual entry, that means we have to try to enter in information on an iPod on an iPad uh-huh. to okay. try to do. All of that on an iPad just seems a little excessive. Okay. Um, and, and the and, and, software and, and, itself doesn't incorporate a sports score. Okay. And, I mean, some tournaments are like that. We're in the Midwest. We've always had sports because we ah. value that a lot. 
Okay, so, so it's not so much that that. that so, and I, like I said, when I read the email, I, I was I was trying to un, you know, and it's like, I, and I know some people love that, and I and I was I was reading it. That was what I got when they were mentioning ITC. I know ITC is a much more, you know, the competitive. You know, points mm-hmm. for winning your games uh, scene, and and that's all fine and good. Um, but I didn't realize that it didn't even have the options uh, for sports and things like that. And I think you're right. But in, and part of it is, and I and I get if everyone's working on the same system, mm-hmm. then everyone's in there, so every, you know everyone can share and it can all be shared and used together. Um, but if it doesn't have the options, then yeah, I can see how it wouldn't quite work for us yeah it doesn't work a hundred percent i mean it's got some really good qualities to it Mm -hmm. um but i think having a more of a paper trail and with um war score we can have battle points listed so this way if you see your number is wrong you can immediately say hey what's this true so it's a little more onus on the players i see and uh, and like I said, that's not that's not to denigrate anyone who really likes you know you know no, no, the other no. thing. Uh, it's just and and part of it and my only concern with it is is I know a lot of places want to go to having everyone using you know the same system, which is cool. But once you start getting into the same comps and the same setups, then you're playing the same tournaments all over. And I like mm-hmm. I like variety. Like with coalescence coming up, that's going to be that's something very different uh, you can have a competitive tournament we try to run several different types of things at ugg whether they're primers or straight up you know fist fights or um or 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 narrative events and i i, I don't want to lose variety no um but i think what they're talking to like the large gts over here it's so like lvo adepticon and nova so if that was all kind of on the same platform okay so. All right, so that's that. That was the last of the email stuff we got. Uh, so I guess we're going to take a break. We've been going actually now. Well, we've, this is one of the longest intro segments we've had, but we had a lot of had a feedback. lot to talk about. Lots of feedback. So uh, we'll take a break. Come back with uh, news and rumors, toolbox, and all that good stuff. Folks, Chaos Orc Superstore, your one-stop shop for all your hobby gaming needs. They've not only got current and classic GW releases, Chessex Dice, and Vallejo Paints, but now they're also carrying Mantic, Infinity, Flames of War, Privateer Press, Soda Pop, Dark Age, and other assorted boarded miniature-based games. They usually ship within 24 hours, and the model in the picture is the model they ship to you, because at Chaos Orc Superstore, what you see is what you get. And we are back with the Garage Hammer Network News. All right. Well, the overlords are here. Yay. 
Okay. Uh, okay. Hey, dude, if you don't like the aesthetic, say it. It's okay to not. I mean, not everybody has no, to no. like every release. No, 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 no. I mean, I get it. Um, people like it. The models look much cooler in person, I think, because uh, you got the the frigate here and a couple of the uh, Arcanauts. So. Yeah, the frigate is actually kind of really cool. Like, and there's so much detail. I've been painting this thing. Um, I did get one uh, a, a bit early. Mm-hmm. To paint up, and um, it, it's taking a long time. Yeah, There's that is so a much very stuff. complicated model. Um, half of the stuff, I mean, I built it in so many sub-assemblies. I had, like, I think 10 or 12 pieces. Mm-hmm. And it was the most I could get it to when I was painting, when I was painting it. Uh, I think if I had any quality skill or ability to use an airbrush better, I probably could have saved a little time. Uh, painting the whole thing, Screamer Pink... Two coats, two thin coats. Two thin coats. And then putting on a heavy layer. Speaking of which, watching Duncan apply a null oil wash to the models. Talk about a heavy hand with that stuff. He could almost just take the model and dip it in the pot. It's got a heavy hand of null. But so that purple is basic. It's just screamer pink with uh, a heavy coat of null oil over the whole thing. Mm. But then going back and then trying to get to that tan, you know, you're going with the uh, starting with, what is it, the... Uh, it's two different colors. It's a shopty bone and something else. Like Rackarth flesh or something. Something like that, yeah. Um, so you go with the darker one, and I'm and I don't know if I'm supposed to just do one coat of the darker one just to give it a... a but I did two thin coats. Of, so there's like four coats just to get that nice tan. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you're sitting there painting, trying not to get streakies on it. Yep. And that's... It's, not getting streakies is a skill. Yeah, <laughs> especially is. on like large flat surfaces like those things. I know. It's so I mean, in the end, all the time I've put into it, I'm I'm get I'm pleased with what it's looking like. Mm-hmm. Um I'm still not done with it. I must have put in like twenty hours on that stupid thing. Mm. And it's you know it's cool. I, I like it. I like it a lot. Um and the dwarfs are on twenty five mil bases. Mm-hmm. And they are the size of dwarfs. These Duarten are the size of dwarf models, not fire slayers. I don't know how fire slayers got so big. Maybe they get big because they stick all that runes all in the them with the power. They're yeah. like roided out. They got taller and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, these guys are tiny. I remember I sent you a picture with the next to a stormcast, and he like comes up to his knees. Like yeah, it's, they are little, little. Yeah, <laughs> you know what. I'm used to painting dwarfs. I painted them for years. They are, you know, my first love in Warhammer. Mm-hmm. Um, after painting Stormcast and then sitting down to paint these Arcanauts. It's so little. It's all getting those details in. I want to cry. Mm-hmm. I'm like, this is impossible. How did I used to do it? No wonder I was so slow painting these things. Um, but, man, they're they're coming along. They're mm-hmm. coming along. I like it. Um We'll, we'll discuss that more in another episode. This is not a, yeah. a, 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 a Caradron Overlord episode. Um, I will say this for people who are like, when are you going to release the whole army, Dave? Don't know if it's going to be a whole army right now. Yeah. Um, two reasons. One, I still haven't finished painting all my Stormcast that I have. Uh, the stuff we're going to talk about in this particular episode today, the new stuff, I haven't even unboxed and built. Yeah. Um, and I did have that. And once again, you know, he's going to be called Rotor the Wise on this show pretty soon. But we were sitting around. He goes, what happened to your whole one month uh, after a release before you pick up any models rule that you had? 
to make sure you're not just caught up in the the hype in the hype. And uh, I really actually, with everything except the Stormcast, I've kept to it. Like mm-hmm. I've really stuck to it. Um, nothing I've been buying has been like brand new, just falling off the you know uh, out, out onto the thing. Except the new Stormcast stuff because I know I want it because I'm playing that army. Sure. Um, and I did I did go pick up more Arcanauts. And mm-hmm. I did go pick up the characters. I'll probably pick up the characters. But I think he's right. I think I'm going to wait and make sure, because not that I'm sure if I want to play it or not, but I'm having so much fun with my Stormcast. And I, right. I, I haven't finished painting that yet. So mm-hmm. I don't know that I'm going to... I mean, it was a nice break. The last two weeks, I haven't painted a thing for Stormcast. I've just been painting this frigate. You know? Yeah. Um, and it's been a nice change of pace color-wise, mm-hmm. palette-wise, look-wise. Um. But I, I, I think I'm going to hold off on on that. It's not like they're going to run out. No, and they are well, I mean, selling they out. Did, they, well, they did, yeah. But they're going to make more, you know, right? Like Doritos, I guess. Um, but my point being, I know that they're selling out, and it's hard for people to get it. I, I just let the people who are going to build it today and start playing with it right away while they're painting it get get a hold of it right yeah. away, because. Um, I'm still a big fan of Sigmar's finest. I can't help mm-hmm. it. So it's I, I don't know. I don't know what it is about this army, but uh, I, I I'm I've grown to love my Stormcast as much as my Undead and my Dwarf armies. And I can't say that about any other armies I've played, mm-hmm. picked up and played with all the other armies I've bought and sold. Um, they went because they you just. Don't have the attachment. Not like this. And I don't... Maybe it's just I like the heroes. You know? Mm-hmm. I mean, the undead, is that's different. Vampire stuff is vampire stuff. I've been a... <laughs> hey, I've been a fan of vampire stuff since I was a little kid. You know? That's just... I like the undead thing. But the dwarf... You know, the, the dwarf heroes, the... the mm-hmm. And honestly, Stormcast, they're kind of like really oversized dwarfs if you look at them. They don't have magic. They dispel a lot. They have really good armor. They swing hammers. They kind of remind me of oversized dwarfs. So we also had the Blades of Corn release. Yes, we did, which I totally. <laughs> okay, I'm sorry. I'm I'm totally it's all yeah. good. Um, so we had the Blades of Corn uh, come out. No new models for that release, but that's okay. Well, as they pointed out, they've released so much stuff oh, yeah. for Corn. They are that, spoilt for choice. Yeah, um, just like Stormcast, but um, it's just a very unique book. Um, people have said that the com- uh, battle trait is kind of oh, it's a copy paste from Corn Demonkin. Not really. The concept's the same, but it's a completely different animal. That's um, the blood so, tithe, yeah, right? The blood tithe, and I, they have that in forty k. So it's, I mean, it's it's kind of the same thing. And but so what if it works in forty k so well? Yeah, it's just it's a different mechanic because it can apply in either player's hero phase. Oh, so that's, that's so good. That's the biggest difference. And there's only one summon on the blood. On the blood tithe for blades of corn, and that's the eight points, right? As opposed to like three and whatever it is for the demon kin. So I don't know. I think this version of the blood tithe is much more dynamic, much more interesting. And then you get all the new prayers for the slaughter priest, and there's not as right. many axes as I thought there would be. I'm a little disappointed. They didn't have the axe of of of, shar- of sharp of sharpy sharpness that I was expecting. <sighs> The super sharp axe of sharpness. Such an opportunity wasted. I know. I mean, just, you know, the five-year-old me was sad. 
um, because that's pretty much what I would have called it back then. Mm-hmm. Um, I did have one question on this, on the blood tithe. And I, yeah. when I read it, and I think I'm right, and I think I, I, think I might have actually talked to someone else about this and they agreed with me. Uh, let's say I have five blood tithe points. Yep. I decide to use the, uh, when I finally get to use them, I want to use number three, murder lust. Sure. Do I spend all five? Yeah, you lose. You all lose anything that you, you don't use. Yeah. So basically, you get to use it once per turn. There's no stat. I mean, it says you can't have more than eight. If you generate more than eight, it just doesn't happen. Right. But if you generate eight and you really need to use the number two, mm-hmm. it's still going to cost you all. It costs you everything you have. Basically, yeah. You have to have at least the number of points mm-hmm. for that reward, but you pay it all. Yeah. There's no holding back from corn. You no. just give you give it all up. And realistically, that pool replenishes so quickly with corn. So you've got to play really tactically against them. It's like you can't just go with all those t- cuz you know, I'm I'm assuming you're going to see a lot of MSU things, little cheap units to of blood to, reavers, to yeah. build blood tithe points. Uh and you got to not kill them all. Like no. you got to let one or two keep running around and taking their shots. mm mm-hmm. Mhm. Because unless it's a turn where you know you're going to kill a bunch of things and do it all at once and give them right. that chance to use it all at once or not at all, mm-hmm. um, because this is this looks dangerous. Like I look at this book and I've been reading it, and I'm like, this could be brutal. Oh yeah, it is. Um, that and the other thing that I really liked is, I, like I said, that being able to just constantly be a lot of these bonuses are extra charges and extra attacks i mean mm-hmm. allowing your general if i get within 12 inches of him and don't charge he can just charge me like forget it you're we're fighting yeah this is very corn like it is very very corn they did a very good job capturing it kind of like how they did the zinch book yeah um but this is just a different I mean, spin i'm serious i was impressed with what i was what i was uh what I was reading, and, and like I said, I don't play corn. I don't know if you go in the back of the War Scrolls if certain guys got great or certain guys turned um, to junk. The Korgraths got Korgraths much improved because yeah, they're two better. damage each on a punch. Uh huh. And then the Blood Reavers got a six up save base. I knew this was good. I knew Korgraths got good when uh, you know I've talked on the show before how I have basically three starter sets of Stormcast. Mm-hmm. Um, now I have said I I bought I got one. I traded the corn for two. And then our friend Luke, uh, he was at the the Games Plus auction, and he mm-hmm. got like the whole box set for I think like thirty forty bucks. Mm. So he sold me the corn the the Stormcast half for half. You know, give me half, and you can have that half. Um, but I started getting emails from people who didn't apparently didn't hear me say that in the show, and they're like, "You got a Corgrath? Do you got the Corgrath? <laughs> you said you had three sets. I'll buy any of your Corgraths you want. Like everybody's looking to buy the Corgrath because mm-hmm. they're only available in the starter set right now, aren't right they? Right now, yeah, yeah, that's going to change. I have a feeling. I really hope so. They need to get that model out. Same with like the Blood Stoker, the Blood Secretor, and yeah, the Mighty all those characters. Lord. They're yeah. not. And isn't uh, the, the 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 Lord Relictor? Yeah, he's the only Stormcast one that's in there because you can get the Dracoth out of the. Dracothian guard kit, right. but it's not the same. The re- but the Relictor is only available in that set, and right? as we'll talk about later, he is now a central tenant for a lot of Stormcast armies. I I've always liked him. Oh, I really oh, like yeah. him. Yeah. He went from like this character that's so central in the fluff, but wouldn't do diddly squat on the table, to now suddenly like, okay, yeah, you're cool now. No, you're awesome. Yeah, <laughs> you good. The only one, the only one I think who is risen. Uh, in a more meteoric fashion, is the Heralder. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Toot toot, as everyone's calling toot, him. Toot Because that's just brutal. It's awesome. It's so much fun. But yeah, the corn book, um, 
we will cover this eventually too. Uh, you know, um, I've already mentioned him twice in the show. People are going to think we're dating. Uh, you know, Rotor we is know. Rotor is building the corn army, so he's got yep. the corn book. So cross your fingers. We got a guest host lined up for that one. That would um, be good. A, a fan favorite guest mm-hmm. host, I might say. Um, but uh, that'll be that'll be great. And then um, obviously, I'm 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 here with my little bit of knowledge to cover <laughs> when we cover the. Uh, the overlords, but uh, yeah, so overlords are sold out. Yep, uh, they're stretching this release too. They are because um, in the overlords book, I mean, there's a bunch of characters. And, yeah, they uh, don't want this to be a little short release. They want it to be a little more substantial, even if they themselves are a little on the short side. <laughs> yeah, keep talking. They'll cut you off right at the knees and keep chopping until you're their height. That's oh, what, I know. They'll, they'll go for it, or at least uh, shoot them off. Yeah, but we've got what, like six characters. Yeah, they got six characters, and the, they've only released one. Yeah, the admiral, which I picked up, and I th- think there was the admiral, the archonaut, and the frigate yeah. were all that were released. Uh, next week, the thunderers and the gun hauler. That's the little boat. The for little boat. Don't. Yeah. Um, so the guys, the the Endron Riggers and the Skywards, the guys on the floating bubbles, they're not out yet. That's two models. The Ironclad, the giant boat, not out yet. Uh, nor are the um, the chemist, the uh, the Endron Master, the Navigator. So it's only five characters. I'm sorry, and, and of course the special character, Brock, Brock Grunson, uh, Lord Magnate of Baraknar. I love how they went from Karaks to Baraks. They're not under the mountains. They're up in the clouds. Sure. It's, it's hey, you know what? It's a little bit of it, the, the English teacher in me. The linguistics have changed mm-hmm. here from Karak to Barak. So I go with that. I'm cool. Um, yeah, yeah, cool. That's how I would describe my knowledge of dwarf or dwarden language uh, changes. Uh, cool. Yeah. Um, but so, yeah. So right now, they're literally releasing the other infantry unit, one of the other two boats. And uh, that's it. So we've still got yeah four characters and another boat. I don't know and if that's another gonna... unit. Well, another box because the oh and the and the floaters. Yeah, the guys yeah. on the the guys in the in the ether bubbles. Um, so yeah, there's there's a lot to look forward to. Mm-hmm. And you know you might as well because honestly this is not going to be a cheap army because the frigates no. are eighty bucks and the the ironclad will be a little more than that. I'm yeah, sure. the gun uh, the gun the gun hauler. I think they I think they're. 40 a piece mm-hmm. or something like that so and you want to run those in a couple two three of them so yeah you know if that's 80 the iron frigate's got to be 110 120 it's the size of a bloodthirster from what i understand like, yeah it's pretty substantial yeah uh so um yeah spread it out <laughs> let me get another paycheck in before oh yeah or two <laughs> for <laughs> yeah they're substantial but it's plus the time it'll take you to paint those things unless i'm you're looking really at fast. that thing and trying to figure out how long it took you to assemble that thing uh, I spent um I spent a I spent a couple hours mm-hmm. putting it together. The the actually and I will say this once again and, and it may be just the plastic they're using. But after trying to put together those round bubbly things on the terrain parts that, that you had to hold and weld and, 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 and say nasty things to it to get it to stick it, these things did fit together gorgeously. The only problem I had, and it might have been my fault um, as I'm looking at it, is the large uh, ether bubble thing. Mm-hmm. When it attaches, uh, the bubble touches down to three connecting hoses. Yeah. And it touches the one hose fine, and I, I and I pressed in those those little metal things that are holding it. They're all the way in as tight as they can go. 
and it doesn't quite reach the other two hoses. Mm. And I don't know if I didn't cut the one right or if I made a mistake somewhere. Um, but that one, it's like, and it's it's such a tiny gap. Like I didn't bother to fill it in. I'm like, ain't nobody gonna notice this. Like, but now you notice. Now, well, I noticed it. You know, but you know, like when I showed it to. Heather and I showed it to the kids. Like when I look, it's actually put together now. It's not just pieces. Nobody was like, "Hey, how come there's a gap here?" Like mm-hmm. it's really kind of underneath the bottom, you know. So, but uh, yeah, it took it took <laughs> it took a while uh, to to put it all together. But um, it's worth it. Uh, the 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 amount of detail on all the little. I mean, I you know. I was sitting there going, oh, all the cogs. And then you're sitting there deciding which is going to be bronze and what's going to get a little gold, which is going to get a little silver because you don't want it to be plain. Uh, it's just crazy. But once again, we're back talking about overlords again when we're we're not talking about them right now. So Nope. All right. So let's move along. Um, so, oh, the other big news. Um, 40K is getting a brand new website. Yeah. Because they're getting a brand new edition. Um, I did see people have been posting on Twitter fake news uh from Warhammer World and they're selling uh 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 fluid mm-hmm. uh Prometheum fluid <laughs> so that yeah. you could so you could burn your codices. <laughs> you know what folks if you're uh, getting ready for this we've been through this before it's really not that bad no and I mean now granted and they said right out it, dude the system is changing as much as our system changed I'm guessing mm-hmm. So, no, none of your old books are going to work. Um, I keep my old books because, well, I mean, it's starting. To, it's really starting to get very bulky. I may eventually at some point start to get rid of some of the books. But I love going back and reading the fluff and mm-hmm. seeing some of the changes and the stuff. Like, that, that Space Marine book, do what you want. That Space Marine book is big and it got beautiful art mm-hmm. and has so much cool information. If you're into the the story side of it. I can't see you getting rid of your old books just because the the points and the stats don't match. Yeah. Um, but I, I'm excited. Like, you know, I've got all those. Now, there was the picture of someone painting a Space Marine, and now the rumor around is that one looks different or bigger than the old Space Marines. Yeah, they're more proportional. Um, so are we getting new Space Marines? Is that I did... I have nothing wrong with the old ones, and I just spent a lot of money buying a, a Space Marine army, starting my own, and then getting... I mean, it was a lot of money, even though it was a great deal that I got. Yeah. Uh, it's still a lot of money, and that's uh, that whole... That's almost all Space Marines, and I'm pointing to a stack great radio. But, I mean, it was... I got a really great deal on what basically equated to about $1,000 worth of Ultramarines, nicely yeah. painted and Forge World up and everything, and I don't want... I don't want to. I ain't buying new ones right no. now. Like no, no. And if it's a new Mark armor or whatever it is, okay, great. Yeah, it doesn't invalidate the ones you have. If I were ever to say start a new chapter, then you'd wait. Yeah, then I might go with the new stuff. You know, but dude, I, these are too nicely painted, and I have too much invested now in my Ultramarines to mm-hmm. to want to go and just get new models. Sure, so that's just me. I'm certain they're gorgeous. I'm certain when I see them, I'll be like, <laughs> but whatever. Uh, you know, if if they hit it, if they're hitting that stuff out of the park like they've been doing here so far, mm-hmm. I'm kind of excited. So, is there any other stuff? Any not other? for news and rumors and I don't everything? Think so. I don't think so either. Um, so let's move to the toolbox real quick. Although we've been going about 20 minutes, let's. Uh, all right, you know what? You know, it, have you done a ton of hobby in the past couple of weeks? Really, honestly. 
No, not really. I mean, you've been painting your Stormcast. I painted this frigate. That's it. Um, you've had a couple of games with friends, but I mean, really, and there's no other. Why don't we just jump into the? Why don't we just take a break now and then jump into the review? Because we've still. I mean, our. You know how long our reviews take. Yeah, this is going to take a little bit. There's a lot to cover. Yeah, so why don't we do that? Why don't we, we're going to skip the toolbox this time? We'll have plenty of toolbox talk next time. I'm certain. Uh, but let's just take a break now, and then we will jump into the latest Stormcast Eternals Battle Tome when we get back. in the garage hammer shirt who cares about him look at that guy with the garage hammer hoodie that's right guys nothing tells the ladies i'm one of the gaming elite like garage wear so hurry to garagehammer.net slash store and soon you'll be the guy at game night that all the gamer chicks are talking about remember boys first you get your gear then you win all your games then you get the chicks that's right, boys. The only gamers we notice are in Garage Gear. We are back. Hello, everyone. Here we are. Stormcast Eternals again. I know. Again. It's still exciting, though. I'm still super excited to have Stormcast Eternals here on the uh, on the show because uh, they're cool. So um, one thing we're not going to do is go over everything again. No, because no. we just did that other one, and then you and Lindsay did uh, the extremist book. So... Hey, thanks, Lindsay. Lindsay thinks I did a good job, even though I was running solo and 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 a little wacky. Yeah, thanks, sweetie. But it's been done. Yeah, um, I don't think it's necessary to go over it. It's just like where they've developed the story and then adding the vanguards. Right. I mean, and there's there's some cool stuff in here. Don't mm-hmm. get me wrong. And I, I do want to cover a couple of bits that they hit in the uh, in the. Uh, Sort of retelling. So if, if you buy the, if you didn't have the first two, you don't need them. You can just buy this no. one, obviously. So they cover through all this stuff. Um, but if we're going to go back and, and sort of just talk a little bit of, because I think one of the things they did really well with this book mm-hmm. is to take the uh, existing fluff and weave the new stuff into it. Because it's like these things aren't new. Like this is another chamber he opened, but apparently. This chamber was opened a while, like with the first chamber. We just never knew it. Yeah, because these guys are like the the stealth guys. So nobody mm-hmm. had seen them, nobody had heard of them. So they were there. Right. Um, and they do a nice job of saying, yes, they were always there. Um, we just didn't hear about it. Right. Now, on the first part, like you open it up, the very first page of actual stuff on page four, they give you a little box here, The Price of Immortality. Now, we've talked about the reforging process, and everyone 
wonders because you read the stories and they come out and they're a little different. There's some cool stuff here. Mm-hmm. Um, now, they talk about it, uh, it. this is troubling for the Stormcast Eternals. Like they talk, the Stormcast Eternals are actually, they get nervous. Mm-hmm. Like they knew they could be, you know, they were explained, uh, if you die, you'll come back, we'll reforge you again. I bet you they felt sort of invincible at that point. But then they started to see their friends who were reforged, and they're not quite the same. Yeah, the flaws come out. Yeah. Their flaws rising as the sudden destructive impulses of the Black Hammers, for instance, or the Hammers of Sigmar's inability to accept failure. Many Stormhosts, the Celestial Vindicators, foremost among them, feel a burning need to wreak revenge upon those who enslave the people of the mortal realms. Others find lightning crackling from their gaze or thunder rumbling under their every word. Some haunted souls whisper that to be forged too many times is to relinquish relinquish one's former existence altogether, becoming a creature of celestial energy that is both less than human and far more at the same time. The truth is not yet known. Mm -hmm. This is great. I love that they're addressing this in this because this was not in the other books because we haven't been playing it that long and they haven't had the stories coming out. This is great. This is creepy. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm excited to see if they ever do anything with this. Don't get me, don't get me wrong. I don't want to see Chaos, Chaos Eternals. Stormcast, no. I don't want to see Chaos Eternals, but I am interested in seeing what happens with this because I think there's going to be some cool stories coming from this. They keep hinting at it, and they're mm-hmm. dropping hints. That's another thing this book does. Lots of little name drops and hints at things. Um, the Caradron Overlord book, and I'm not going to it right now, they do that. They name like goblin flying things and orb yep. fly- and it's like, oh, when are we going to see those? They wouldn't mention them if you're never going to see them. So mm-hmm. I got excited for that too. They won't be the only flyers and, and troop transports in the game. So who knows? Maybe that's one of the chambers. Yeah, and they've even mentioned like orc flotillas and everything like that. <laughs> It flies because they believe it will. Hmm. Uh, they paint it red. <laughs> so, um, you know, we go through the book, and it, it talks about Sigmar, talks about the Realm Gate Wars, culminates in the All Gates. Uh, Dracothian helps form the Extremist Chamber. I did like the little new bit of information about how he is actually the one who uh, charged the Anvil of Apothe- Apotheosis. To get the battery going for them. Right. It was him. And they even pointed out that, like, Vulcatrix... As was had hotter flame and could have gotten it going hotter, but it was uh, it had to be Dracothian. It was his magic, the the lightning bolt, the bolt magic that made it an eternal flame. Mm-hmm. So it's it's not a huge thing, but once yeah. again, as a fluff guy, I read that I'm like, oh, this is cool. They're filling in the corners. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. It's like they've got this thing paint this, this picture painted, and these are just those little bits that they keep adding that make me happy. Mm-hmm. Um. Now, let's see, page 16. The new stuff, yeah. the Hunters get, of the Damned. Yeah. Great, great title of this section. You want to you wanna read the bold print yeah, part sure. of the top there? Uh, the whispers of celestial winds rise or rises to a joyous howl as the Stormcast Rangers race across the mortal realms. The keen eyes of the Vanguard Auxiliary Chambers guide pinpoint strikes and razored blades each sudden assault slaying the scions of the darkness with ruthless strength and speed. Yeah, these guys. Oh, you know, I saw the models, and I'm like, they're pretty cool, but did they really need it with the Dracothian card? And I, I, uh, I read this, and I'm like, oh. Yeah. I could do a whole army of these guys. You could. The Vanguard is a legit thing, and it plays so different 
from the standard block rank and file stormcast we've been playing for two years. So uh, it it's it's I don't know if I don't you know I don't know what the plan is for mm-hmm. them from Games Workshop, but the, every time they put something else out, it seems like it could kind of play it if you just want to play that. And you could. I mean, if I mean, you can do uh, an all, an all extremist chamber army if you wanted to. You can just have all riders, you know, mm-hmm. big heavy riders and dragons. If you want to have very few models, you can do all the. It's like it, Stormcast. I I I, I realize they're the poster boys, but they're actually becoming where it's like you could. They're getting to the point where it's like no matter what your play style is, there's something for you. You can play them. Like mm-hmm. if nothing else. You could pick them up, and you can find a play style. Uh, and this has become the the hit and run, the uh, fast moving. Yeah, it's the ambush. I think is what it is, right? Because we've not seen a lot of that um, up until this book, with regards to like um, coming in off table edges or anything like that. It's been a couple of units here and there, but not a whole army that can dedicate to it. Exactly. Uh, once again, and, and it constantly when you read the stories, you know they've they've turned countless battles their way. Really, because mm-hmm. I've been reading this for two years and never seen them, and that they point that out. Hey, but that you know, but they're not new. They've always been here. Uh, they actually go so far. There's some of, some of the stuff uh, is here. You know, they're important as a Lord Celestine or a Drakeshorn Templar. Um, they remind me almost of a Stormcast version of Aletha Nars troops from uh, Shadow from, Warriors. Yeah, Shadow Warriors. Yeah. yeah, they're just they're really cool. They're loners. Uh, they By don't even nature, yeah yeah. Uh, in fact, these are the ones that 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 Sigmar picked. Uh, they talk about how they're loners. They keep out of the great citadels. They live out on the land and in the in the in the areas off by themselves. Mm-hmm. Like I said, this totally reminded me of the Shadow Warriors. How they, oh yeah, they never came to the cities unless they had to. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, the most independent, mm-hmm. um, the ones, and they're not like assassins necessarily. I mean, no. the snipers do snipe, but that's what they do. But it's just, it's more like we're going to draw you away from the main battle line. We're going to break you up, confuse you. And they do reflect that on the tabletop. Uh-huh. And they talk about how these guys, like some servants of the dark gods believe that these are elemental creatures of lightning and wind. Yeah. Or... They are uh, an embodiment of the lands tormented by the dark gods, that each one is the ghost of a fallen soldier forged from righteous hatred and risen from the tortured earth to tear apart the invader. Because nobody, it's like you send guys out and suddenly they're all wiped out and you show up and you're like, what wiped them out? We don't know because. Yeah, these are, these are the ghosts. But it goes out of the way to say they're not assassins. Like it goes out no. of the way, when they, it says when they attack, they attack like full on storm cast. Now they plan it, they prepare it. It's a fast lightning strike raid. And if you're out on your own. You're going to get it. Yeah. You're just going to, but it's the, the battle is a full on regular mm-hmm. battle, but they just. But they they come out of nowhere and they disappear into nowhere after that. So it's like don't they're not just slitting your throat silently in the night. They're come they're gonna they're gonna, they're coming in full on, which I thought was interesting because they did the way they described them seemed very much like these these sneaky the sneaky gets right, but, but they're not. No, they're just they're. <sighs> They're like survivalist stormcasts. Mm-hmm. Like they live out on the land. They hide out places. They constantly know where all the places are to go, to hide, to move. Um, and that's it's pretty cool. It's a mm-hmm. it's a different take as opposed to guys just lining up in their chambers and marching out of the big cities. Uh, especially after City of uh, Secrets, where we got to see the full Penelope 
as yeah. it were, uh, uh, and and see them you know from other people's eyes. Mm-hmm. Could you picture their stormcast? Could you picture like the like like you just said? Even the chaos guys are like, "What's this?" Like we're we're used to stormcast coming in on big bolts of lightning and knowing they're here. What is what kind of this is? What is this going? On? Like that's got to be terrifying. There's oh, rumors yeah. of stormcast that just flitter in and out. Um, and what's really great is that next part when they talk about the the beasts, mm-hmm. um, you know, kindred souls. When they start talking about the different. Um, uh, the, the creatures that they fight with alongside um, once again goes to great pains to point out that they are not their pets they are not their it's it's not like um, you know in fantasy when you rode a horse you mm-hmm. had a horse it was your, it was horse. your mount yeah it's not a mount these these are their partners they mm-hmm. choose each other and um, a lot of times trust falls <laughs> exactly <laughs> had to um, the the idea that you're, you know, sometimes you'll be fighting off, like you'll be one of these rangers off on your own fighting, uh, and if you're really noble and, uh, well, you know, I'll even get to that, but the, how they how they join each other, um, they, uh, these beasts are pure in spirit, naturally resilient to chaos. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the things, oh, one of the other things, and I, I don't know if I, maybe get to this later, but uh, there was, there were orcs. And other things ravaging Azir before he closed the gates? Yeah, they like, were in there. Yeah, like, I mean, you just always pictured it as this perfect place, but at the time it was just like any other place. You had bits of chaos. You had bits of of that. Well, once they closed the gates, they purified it. Um, these were the beasts that had never even uh, a bit of corruption seep into them. These are the ones who were left. Mm-hmm. So they're very pure of spirit, uh, and they said they resist chaos. Uh, ether wings and star eagles are attracted to the glint in the ranger's eyes. I like that. Um, they'll watch them for weeks before joining them. Mm-hmm. And again, they're not servants. They're they join you because they want to be. They've, they've decided you are a worthy uh, person to work with. They they understand what the stormcast are doing, and they want to. They want to help. Yeah, they 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 want to help destroy chaos, but they're still animals mm-hmm. in in a sense, and they have to learn to trust you. Right, but it's once they have that trust, then you become partners. I really liked that. Um, we saw it a little bit back a long time ago when they were describing the you know the juggernauts of corn and how mm-hmm. that corn be, would pick a, a, a you know it, they were all the riders were chosen by the mounts in there. Right, um, and here it's it's similar, not the same, but that idea that there's there's a partner. Um, let's talk a little bit about grift chargers. Yeah. Those are cool. <laughs> okay, so they have magical energy in their blood, much like the Dracothians do. I mean, th- these are magical creatures. Mm-hmm. They channel the magical energy into their blood to transform them into creatures of the ether, and then they can just move at the speed of basically the, you know, they move like the wind. Right, like the wind. Yeah. So they're running, and all of a sudden, it's like they blink. Or that, mm-hmm. I don't want to use the term blink because they use that for bringing back the uh, bringing back Nurgle demons. The, demon the stuff. reality blink stuff. Um, yeah, like yeah, like a shadow step. If you want to use a bleach reference, I've been watching a lot of bleach lately with the kids. <laughs> you know, so it's just like all of a sudden they're moving and they're running, and all of a sudden they just like phase out, like they mm-hmm. disappear and show up way farther than they should have been able to get. Yeah, that's awesome. It is, and they describe it when they have the stormcast riders. It's the storm energy because it's the wind and the lightning and 
birds and the air and everything. So it kind of coalesces together. That's why they can do it as a team. Right, right. And the, and this actually, they talk about this uh, with not just this, but in other elements of Stormcast. So the Stormcast don't get changed into ether because they're riding it. It's their magical essence, that, that the lightning. They basically, it says they turn into crackling ghosts of lightning. Mm-hmm. So that thing turns into ether and they turn into lightning because they sort of feed off of and help each other do this thing. Well, actually, I mean, the, they help the Stormcast do it because yeah. they can do it naturally. But when the Stormcast is riding it, it's able to channel its essence, but it doesn't turn into ether. It's mm-hmm. like, you know, a, a shudder of wind, a little flicker in there, and, and they go. But they turn into two completely different things. But just moving as one. Yeah, it's really cool. I re- they call it wind shifting. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like... And I don't know how it plays out in the table. I haven't seen anybody play them. Have you? Have you, have you had a chance to play with them? I've not played with them, but theory hammering and then um, your theory hammer is pretty good for yeah. Yeah, Stone Monk uses like a team of like nine of them, right? Um, and I've seen people use them to pretty good effect. It's just it's a different play style than what we're used to. So that's yeah. I'm I'm excited. Like the, I'm reading this, going. Oh, I haven't even built mine yet. Mm-hmm. I haven't even built mine. I'm going looking. I I, I think I need more of these. Like yeah. I don't even have the ones I bought built. This isn't enough. This is no. Gonna be, you know, I'm gonna have like ten thousand points of storm yeah. at some point. It's gonna happen. We're gonna have to. What's gonna happen is we're gonna have one of these things where we play. All right, you and I like. We'll you and I will get our get our an army together and we'll play against a bunch of other arms. Just bring all you got. Let's just bring mm-hmm. it and play. Uh, in fact, that's the biggest narrative play I'm looking forward to is almost like an apocalypse size just mm-hmm. game where it's like we're going to take all our stuff from our army, bring your stuff, and just play it without. Don't worry about points. Use your summoning. Just do it. Let's let's play it pure and see what kind of insanity we can do. I'm kind of looking forward to that eventually. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Ether wings. Okay, and they have magical super X-ray vision. They can see through everything. Mm-hmm. Should they want to? Not only can they see far and see sharp and clean, they can stare through mountains. They can stare through fortresses. They can stare through magical, uh, um, you know, uh, blind. You, you put up, weave up your little magical ward to keep people from seeing in. Nope, doesn't work. Uh, they can see through anything, and they can learn to speak the tongues of men. Mm-hmm. So if you've got them with you, they can not only find the enemy, but they can tell you exactly where they are and what they're doing. Yeah. They're um, great scouts. They're great trackers. Yeah. And uh, later on in the book, it actually points out that Zinch hates these guys. <laughs> because Zinch puts up those those things where the it's like... The glamours and the illusions nobody and these guys can find, find and them. All of a sudden, Stormcast are behind you. Yeah. What, how did that even happen? Because these guys can see through all of that stuff. Mm-hmm. I don't know how that's going to play out on the tabletop, uh, but I'm interested to see some of these new... Uh, I'm, I'm waiting for some new Black Library. To see how this would incorporate. I mean, this is a more narrative rule for them, like a more narrative feel for them, because they don't necessarily do that on the table. No. But it's still... It explains a lot more of how they find things and how the whole army plays together within the auxiliary chamber itself. Yeah. It's very cool. It's very cool. Um Next thing we got up to um, was the, uh, the 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 space timeline, mm-hmm. um, you know, and there's some cool stuff in there. One or two of them uh, talk about the heroism of the Vanguard Chamber, 
uh, in battles we already knew about. So once mm-hmm. again, you kind of read through it, and it's like, oh, you know, this was going on during that battle, and you, now you didn't know it because we didn't tell you in the stories, but there was a couple of guys hidden off on the side who were really going to, to stick it to the Stormcast. Uh, that never happened because the Vanguard guys caught them and took them apart and dismantled them. Um, now, there are a few things in here I did want to uh, cover, though, because this was just great. Oh, and it's the cleansing is the first part. That's where you find out that there was all that impure stuff, which I suppose there would have been, and I didn't think yeah, about it. Yeah, they've mentioned it before, um, but it talks a little more in detail about it now. Yeah, so they, they basically cleansed Azir once they closed the gates of all chaos stuff or or, or destruction stuff. Um, Malarian is mentioned in here. He gave them the gladiatorium. Yeah. So so they could train. Yeah, underneath the enchanted dome, they can fight like normal except uh, you you don't die. You will just you'll you'll wake up unharmed at the end of the fight. And there's no reforging. No. Which I think is significant for them because otherwise they would have been like the crazy creatures that they may eventually turn into the for, the, the uh impure beings uh-huh. or the more pure Depending right. on your view, so you take a battle. If you get killed in there, you don't die. You just come back just fine at the end. It's you know war games on a on a different level. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought it was interesting that it was a gift of Malarian. Who, if we're if we're if we're putting together our guesses since we haven't seen him yet, that's Malakith, the Malakith equivalent. Yeah, yeah. Um, I also find it interesting that it was the 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 former leader of the Dark Elves. Um, who gave them a a a, a, a fighting arena, mm-hmm. a gladiator arena? Uh, just because Dark Eldar, they have that fighting pit gladiatorial they, thing. They going. do that, and and the Dark Eldar did it. Um, I just thought it was interesting that that something um, that they used to a very vicious and ugly end. He gives them, and it becomes something that you can use well, not mm-hmm. uh, maliciously. Uh, what else was in here that I liked? Um, Let's see. It's hammer and anvils. Where's that one? Uh, hammers and anvils. Okay. Lord Relictor Tharnas Shrine Song handpicked a force of lightning hawks gravely scarred by many reforgings. Dubbing his unorthodox brotherhood the Black Anvils, Tharnas daubed their argent battle plate black and led them deep into the silver tower of a gaunt summoner. Each grim warrior proved anathema to sorceries that might have shattered more co- coherent minds, banishing countless foes with hammer and blade. Some of these guys have been reforged and are a little more standoffish and a little quieter. He grabs them, paints them up with a new color, says we're going to be a new team, and they walk through a zinch place with his magics not affecting them. Mm-hmm. I want to know more about this. Yeah, it almost seems like Death Company. Yeah. To, like, and I hate to use a Space Marine reference, but that's but, what it is. Right. I mean, it's just like, yeah, your magic is not... Uh, our minds are not quite all there mm-hmm. to start with, so you can't drive us batty. We don't... We see through that junk. And I always read these little space timeline things because there's so many little hints of things that might come up in stories or might make for a good story. Uh, if you're writing your own narrative stuff in here, that one I liked, and um, the, the vampires bane, the <laughs> vampires bane was good. just because reasons. Yeah, I mean, well, and it's fun, uh, you know, that they're just they're basically all the ether wings are fighting off the fell bats who are trying mm-hmm. to get in the way of the guys who are shooting, and they keep them out of the way, and of course the snipers just take that vampire right out. 
Yeah. Nice. And they talk about how it snuffs out his essence before his body hits the ground. That's okay. <laughs> that works. That works. Um, okay, I want to read this other one, Running with the Pack. These were the two. Yeah. Because this is like Tarzan or Mowgli here, apparently. Mm-hmm. Uh, raised by a pack of griffhounds in the lowlands of the Boralus Mountains, Arden Griffkin became the first mortal to be reforged and inducted into the Vanguard Auxiliary Chamber without prior service in a strike chamber. Or in the strike chambers. His vanguard hunters, the Gold Talons, became famous for launching ferocious ambushes with the aid of their four-legged companions. So this guy was raised by Griffhounds. Mm-hmm. And so he knew them so well, he went right into that. That t- I thought it was just a little odd. Like someone was raised, you know, you get a guy raised by wolves or a guy raised by animals here. Um, but it was nice that he goes right in and, they're, and they, they're just, they prove sort of this vicious... Sort mm-hmm. of uh, uh, a group. Yeah. And then uh, Purity Without Compromise. Um, that one, just because we had just led, or read City of Secrets, um, where it talks about the purging and um, the Lord Veritant, Matthias, declaring his work unfinished. Um, after wiping out a Zinch cult, he takes a hammer strike force and he goes through a bloody purge of the city's free guild and collegiate arcane leaders. Wow! So they're going there, judging them. And are we using the guy with the light, with the with the with the lantern? It's a lantern on a stick, yeah. And the Lord Veritant that we talked about, the White Reaper. And we read the story. We had a, a relatively good guy who barely—I don't even know if he passed the test. It seemed like he just survived it. Yeah, like I don't think he passed because it looked like he was going to get killed. And that dude mm-hmm. jumped up, and was like, "Dude, I need him." The witch hunters, like, "I need him." Yeah, don't kill him. Please don't kill him. Uh, and if that guy, who we all looked at as a pretty decent guy, didn't make the cut, mm-hmm. oh, just going through and just the, the the taint is still here. We're gonna have to go through and just are they come in with paladin with with retributors to do it too. With like the really, paladins, yeah, that's that's a little overkill, but you know whatever. I guess you know it's it's kind of crazy, um, but I really, I like I said, I really did like this particular. Uh, space uh, timeline because they um, just the little hints at things that would happen. Plus the the bringing in once again that reforging mm-hmm. issues and stuff like that. I just thought this was a really good one. Um, I enjoyed the, the the little stories that they that they gave us here. Yeah. Um, you know what? Why don't we take a quick break? Uh, skip over the little maps, and then we get to the next section: Majesty Incarnate. Um, this one will be quicker, but there are some really cool things as they explain the Stormhost Chamber, stuff that maybe I missed in the first book when I read it. Yeah. So um, we'll come back in a few minutes and uh, and go with that. Are you finally looking to start your rebasing project? Six Squared Studios. Are you looking for some new and interesting resin terrain? Six Squared Studios. Are you looking for some fancy acrylic counters to keep track of wounds or maybe some other statistical anomalies? Six Squared Studios. Maybe you need a new rack for your paints? Six Squared Studios. 
Well, then look no further. What you need is Six Squared Studios. They ship worldwide with domestic shipping for both the U.S. and Canada. Six Squared Studios. That's right. Six Squared Studios. That's the number six, squaredstudios.ca. When your gaming needs go beyond your basic dice, tape measure, models, and paints, think Six Squared Studios. Six Squared Studios. Now all your base are belong from them. are back again um going through some of the uh the the discussion now for the individual units um i didn't realize i i thought that they just called them strike chambers i you know and i'm I'm a complete idiot because i just they have the extremist chamber i didn't think strike chamber was its actual title yeah so the original book was the strike chamber Mm -hmm. you know um you know, the exemplar chamber, because they had the exemplar chamber, the warrior chamber, the harbinger chamber. So I didn't think of that as a, as the strike chamber as an actual title, but that's the overall right title of that. Um, and I never realized as you go through it how, like, they really break down into very specific things. Mm-hmm. I guess I just never paid attention. You know, the warrior chamber has up to three units of prosecutors or adjudicators or you know nine of these three of these but then you look in the harbinger chamber they have adjudicators prosecutors and liberators but no paladins that's like the faster that's the fast moving ones yeah right and then you get the exemplar chamber which is you know lots of paladins that's your heavy hitter so i didn't realize that they had like you know the 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 soft medium and hard versions of the three chain like i just i never paid that much attention now i'm reading this one it's like oh okay it's yeah. all explained out and the big thing to point out um because prior to this they never quantified how many warriors when it was in each retinue right and they did in this one because it on page what is this 29 it says on the bottom that the rank and file are organized into fighting units called retinues each consisting between three and 20 warriors led by a prime so what you have here is, if you do the math, it's almost like 500 Stormcast makes up a strike chamber, let alone um, anything else if you have these retinues at full strength. Right. So, yeah, and it could be up to that. And some of them aren't as much because... Uh, of depletion and... Yeah. And like you think three with a prime, but it's like, well, yeah, but a lot of these units are three. You know, you yeah, get the three, pigeons. Yeah. So that's that's really cool. They really spell it out here. It's really great. Mm-hmm. Um, they spell out the uh, uh, the the conclaves here too, which I knew about because I read about because I was trying to figure out I was trying to figure out how to which which decals to put on which models. And there's a blurb about it, but here they really lay it out. The Angelos are the prosecutors. They're the mm-hmm. angels. They fly. The paladins are the three units that were listed as paladins. They're the heavy hitters. Um, you get the the Justice Arc Conclave, which is um, your Judicators. And that's really it. And then the Redeemers. Um, which one is the Redeemer? Conclave? Those are your Liberators. Your Liberators. Okay, that's right. You get your Liberators. Oh, yeah, the Justice Arc is your Shooters. Yeah, so you got... You got the shooty guys, you got your your basic line guys, then you got your heavy hitters, and you got your flyers. And they each have a little symbol 
so you know what to put on your shoulder pads. Mm-hmm. So I, I do like that, uh, that that was all explained much more uh, succinctly. Uh, the extremist chamber gets its quick explanation. It's a much shorter. But mm-hmm. basically, um, if you want to know what it is, you've got the – you can be on the Star Drakes, and it's basically Star Drakes. That's it. Or they have the Lightning Echelon and the Thunder Wave Echelon, which if you've read in the book, those are those War Scroll Battalions. Yep. That's basically – each of those is one of the War Scroll Battalions. Mm-hmm. Simple enough. Um, then you get to the Auxiliary Chamber, which has lots of little retinues, but it's like they don't really have the structure of the other mm-hmm. things, which I like. They don't have all the structure of the other chambers. Um, it's it's compact and simpler because a lot of these guys are just going out for a long periods of time. Yeah, and even the Justicar conflict, because the breakdown is the Angelos and the Justicar conclaves, so the uh, Hunters and the Palidors get the Comets on their shoulder pads, and then the yeah. Raptors get the Justicar star. Yeah, which is so there's no Paladins, nope. and there's no Redeemers in this unit, and in fact... It would be all Angelos because they're that fast moving. I thought it was interesting that before the only thing you had that was an Angelos conclave was winged creatures. Was the pigeons, yeah. And now it's like these guys are so fast. Mm-hmm. Even though they are Cav, they are in that Angelos conclave. And then the Raptors because they're just, they got crazy shooting. Yeah, it's kind of their thing. So it's just a matter of how you break it down, but even just the delineation and how it all fits together. Yeah. Um, what else is in here? This week? You get the Lord Aquilor you're introduced to, mm-hmm. um, uh, who's equal to a Lord Celestant, but uh, he's not... Uh, the, he's not... Uh, he's not the brutal. He's the cunning. Right. <laughs> there you go. Thank you. Um, and then it's funny because there's just the Lord Aquilor was the only character. Mm-hmm. Uh, they round these off with Knights of Zeros and Knights Venators. Yeah, and so, they even say in like the Vanguard Auxiliary that they get a small handful of knights um, to fill out the ranks of the command. Yeah, so, but it's mostly the. I, I thought it was interesting. It was mostly the Venators and the and the and the other guys, not and the Zeros. Yeah, the Zeros. Yeah. Um, then we get a break for a two-page weaponry. Which is kind of neat. You know what I liked is I knew they were forged from the core of the old world, just like all the Sigmarite armor is. Mm-hmm. Um. But they talk about here is that they're not just infused with the power that the the, the dwarven or the dwarven smiths put in. They actually use different types of storms. Mm-hmm. So it's not like they're not all imbued with lightning. Like the hammers have the lightning strike. You know, like when so when the when your retributors come in and hit and the lightning goes. But it talks about how. Um, where is it? It's great. Oh, the Asden Thunderhead is blunt and pitiless and hence makes good warhammers, while the Aeorian Maelstrom is quick and restless and makes excellent skybolts. So it's just a total fluff thing, but they use different types of storms. They have lightning storms. They have big thunderstorms. They have you know, torrential rain storms. And mm-hmm. the, they, they channel them for different weapons. Right. Um, and, even, and then on the second page, the heroes get even specialer weapons. Mm-hmm. But it's all that stuff where they sort of channel it and put it together. Um, where is it? Yeah, so they get all that stuff together. Uh, so the type of storm harness is important. It also says that they are more deadly in the hands of Stormcast than someone else. Yeah. So if you dropped your weapon and someone else picked it up, they couldn't channel that lightning that gets the two mortal that gets the two mortals 
Yeah, the blast to ashes. You couldn't use it to its full effect. Right. If you weren't you were a, celestial. Yeah, which I think is cool. You know, like not that anyone ever would. Like, it's not in a game where they're picking up other people's weapons. Mm-hmm. But just story-wise, once again, these weapons work best in the hands of Stormcast. They are literally made and and for them. Um, and then the next two pages... I haven't seen this in any of the other books. No, not this yet. This is not, and this is not just heraldry. This is, these might be my two favorite pages in the book. Mm-hmm. Where it talks about the raiment. Yeah, because it not only shows you your basic Stormcast armor and your Stormcast Paladin armor, mm-hmm. but the different types of greaves, the different types of weaponry, and this is all. This all looks like artist sketch drawings here. You know, these are the different types of headgear they wear. These guys, um, you know. Their armor is heavier, and the van brands, uh, the van braces, theirs are thicker. And why they're thicker than the normal? Uh, mm-hmm. th- this is great. Like this yeah. was so cool. I spent so long looking at all the pictures and reading each of the little bits of information that they tell you. Um, when the stormcast are slain, they go back to be rebuilt. Their souls on the anvil of apotheosis. Mm-hmm. Their armor goes back to malice. Yes. The metal goes back to the core metal on the of the old world, which is floating above Azir, mm-hmm. uh, to be reforged in different ways. Um, it actually talks about sometimes, you know, and one of the things I didn't realize is depending on how you fight and how you do, uh, uh, Sigmar may decide you are better suited for a different chamber or a different right. job, and so they will reforge your armor into that. I just assume they always reforge the same thing. Mm-hmm. But you might get a promotion or a, or a, or a lateral move. And, sure. And uh, so then they will reforge your armor. To fit your new role. To fit your new role. But, yeah. So the armor, it just goes back. But, it, you know, I, I just thought it interesting. I knew it went somewhere. But they mm-hmm. never really specified where it went. You know, it, right. it's a rare piece that stays behind. It's got to be some mm-hmm. sort of odd magic to cause that to happen. So I thought that was really cool. Yeah. And they finally explained what the back plates are. For the paladins with the reliquaries in the lower right corner. Yes. Where it's they hold small but potent relics of Azir, and they're saturated with celestial energy that they lend the wearer spiritual strength, which, okay, cool. So Maybe. so that little, because that, uh, when you paint it, it's got that little line right down the middle, and it looks like there's a little latch, like it's like a yep. little... I, I, okay, the thing I keep comparing it to when I look at it is one of the old dartboards. When they're closed and you can uh-huh. undo the yep. latch. Because it's shaped like that even. It's got mm-hmm. that shape, you know, that, that arch shape, and then you flick the little latch and open up the two yep. sides. But inside there is some relic from Azir mm-hmm. that they're carrying. Yeah, that's just... Thank you for explaining that because I had no idea I what I didn't that know was. what it was either because it didn't make any sense. Why do these guys have this nifty little backpack? Yeah. <laughs> um, now it well, kind of you know, sometimes you're out and you want to pack yourself a nice little lunch. I mean, if you want a sandwich, I mean, I suppose <laughs> you could have a little fridge on your back, but or if that's an easy bake or something. But, but yeah, because, I mean, honestly, it kind of... Oh, look, the really big guys with the heavy armor look like they have one of those little WAP caplet backs, the, the, the mm-hmm. things that the that the Space Marines carry on their back, the power yeah. packs. And I didn't know it was, but it is almost because it carries that extra spiritual energy that mm-hmm. they need. So that's it is kind of like an energy source, but sort of, yeah. Yeah. So then we go in, um, okay, Celestin Prime, Lord Celestin, uh, the Lord Relic, then they go through. I would suggest if you like the fluff, even if you think you know. About read the, these are not the same 
fluff that was in the other book. No. They have all been fleshed out and explained better, especially the Lord Relictor story. Yeah. The Relictor, and then they've included the questers yes. um, in here finally and explain what those guys are besides like some bro wandering around in the tower and some exclusive at Warhammer World. Yes. The Night Quester is cool. The Errant Quester, mm-hmm. his story is even crazier. Yes. I love this. Now, for those of you who don't know... Um, when Night Questers are appointed by Sigmar, Errant Questers, um, something might happen. Like, and when you, you know, the lone survivor of a retinue might desire vengeance for their lost comrades while they're undergoing. So, when you're being reforged, if you've got issues, basically, mm-hmm. or something, you know, something un, some unfinished business that you can't let go of while you're being reforged, um, you might. S- suddenly you, you, you come out of the, you know, it says you f- they fall into a fugue state when they come out, mm-hmm. and then they're put in a cell, and they're locked in a cell. Nobody goes in and nobody goes out. Some of them wake up and just say, hey, I'm ready to go back to work. Like, they're, that thing they couldn't let go of, they, they've let go of. Yeah, they process the issue, and it goes. But sometimes it doesn't, and they wake up and they find themselves in that armor. Yeah. And there's a sword in front of them and a knife attached to them. Yeah. And suddenly they've got... And nobody knows where it comes from because they didn't put it there and nobody's gone in and nobody's come out. Mm-hmm. So uh, it says that they believe that basically they, they've they got the blessing of... This is the blessing of Sigmar. Yes. You, know, you won't let it go and it's a worthwhile... Otherwise, you just stay in there until you get over it. But if yeah. you're not going to get over it and... It's worth doing. You get the armor and Sigmar sends you out. That's cool. Mm -hmm. That's some great bit of fluff in there. Yeah. And then they explain that these guys are not officers. So that's why they're not included in any of the battalions um, because they bear no burden of command. They have their quest that they need to fulfill. And that is their job. That is strictly their job. They show up on battlefield, sure, but it's there for that specific purpose. Yeah, the one hero that doesn't get any command. They can't be the. They're not your generals. They're not in charge. These guys are there to do something else. It's kind of neat. Yeah. Um, you know, then you get through the whole. Uh, you know, okay. Here's the liberators, prosecutors, decimators, Drake's one Templars, Dracothian Guard. Then we get to the Lord Aquilors. Mm-hmm. Um, these guys are picked for their unfettered spirit and their keen mind. Uh, not just their—they're not picked the same as the Lord Aquilors, the, the, who will you know stand there in the face of overwhelming odds. They're going to be that hero who leads that group, and they stand there and fight no matter what. These guys are the tacticians. These mm-hmm. guys are the experts in guerrilla tactics. Yes, um, and they all get a fancy sword, and they and they wind up with their. With their Griff Charger, mm-hmm. um, it's really it's it's good stuff. But yeah. um, and it says here, um, each Lord Aquilar commands the warriors under them according to their own doctrines, and they are given free reign to choose their targets. Even Sigmar does not know where all of the Rangers of the Stormcast are. So yeah. these guys are simply, essentially <laughs> operating. Um, on their own free will. So it's not like you're going to this target according to my plan. This is, we're going to let the reins off and you guys do what you do. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we're we're going to be fighting in this realm. Mm-hmm. You're definitely needed in this realm. Just go get them. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's, 
so different from everything else in the, so far where Sigmar is gathering them and sending them here and there and spinning very specific missions. Go get them. Yeah. <laughs> Let's just have it. Let's just get it. Yeah. Which, once again, if you're if you're into narrative play, this suddenly opens up. You can write... Oh, I mean, you could write anything for that and say Sigmar assigned them, but just leaving it that open to go where they want and do what they want is great. Mm-hmm. Um, now, Griff Chargers, they talk about them a little bit more here uh, when we get to the Vanguard Paladors. Um, which are the you know the 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 unit the cav units? Uh, Griff chargers are drawn to displays of humility and strength of character. Um, so these are the type of guys, and this talks about where you get chosen. In fact, um, they they mentioned one guy by name who was kind of reckless and fighting, and he went to go fight a shoggoth all by itself, and the shoggoth was about to kill him, but he was so brave and fighting so well. That before the thing gets in the killing blow, suddenly a Griff Charger rises up and tears the Shaga's throat open mm-hmm. and saves him. And I love how it says in here, if you save these things, uh, the, if they run up to you in battle, uh, whether they choose you or whether you follow them around on a hunt and hunt mm-hmm. with them, which only Stormcast could possibly keep up with them, blah, 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 blah. Uh, it will allow itself to be cleansed of the blood and dirt by you. So it'll, like after the battle... You know, if this thing is staying with you, you can basically wash it, give it a bath, mm-hmm. like sort of that cleansing thing, clean up, and that's that that is like that is the the what a ceremony, the thing, the that, trust fall th- that built. Yeah, that's the trust fall. There is it, if it lets you wash it clean from after a fight, then then you guys are pals. Yeah, and it's staying with you because it wants to, mm-hmm. not because it has to. Or, yeah, you know, I'm assuming that people don't. You know, I'm assuming these guys don't break up. You know, it's not like it decides. Ah, no, I'm but it's my mind. the act of like washing someone else is a very intimate act, and it right. shows care and devotion. Yeah, so it's it's really cool, and I like that 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 was the thing that they chose. It wasn't. It'll let you mount it. It'll let you ride it. If you do really well, it'll let you. It'll let you wash all the filth and blood and mud off it from mm-hmm. the battle. That's a really. Like you said it's very personal. It's yes, a very, it is, and it's not something I don't. I don't remember ever reading. Anything like that in any of the fluff for any of the other characters. It was no. a, a really cool choice. Yeah. The addition of affection versus exactly um, just we're going to war. Ra-ha. Yeah. And it says together that their lightning speed and their ferocity make them really formidable enemies when they, when they pal up together. Um, so those guys are cool fluff wise. I like I like that a lot. Uh, the hunters, elite infantry, tactically flexible. Uh, they use terrain to their advantage, and it it's essentially how how they spend inordinate amounts of time in the theaters of war. Mm-hmm. Like they just sort of live in these in these theater uh, where these wars are happening. So uh, because a part of their whole thing is to get to know the terrain. They right. know every spot here. There's you're not going to sneak up on them because they didn't know something was there. Uh, but they very they may they may very well do that to you, mm-hmm. um, and plus they have the astral compass. Yes, which is a very interesting piece of technology. Yeah, because um, it basically guides them to their quarry, what they're searching out. It almost reminded me of like Pirates of the Caribbean, the compass that Johnny Depp uses, Jack Sparrow's compass. Yes. Yeah, I thought the exact same thing. Like it just leads you where you need to go. Um, what I thought was interesting was. It allows them to deftly navigate the impossible geometries of the mortal realms. Mm-hmm. That phrase, impossible geometries, first of all, um, 
Once again, I'm going to bring my H.P. Lovecraft in here. No, no, go but for it. But those other dimensional, whenever they talk about humans, like in Call of Cthulhu, when they go to the island mm-hmm. of Relier, they talk about how it's non-Euclidean geometry. How they look at a door and they couldn't tell if it was flat like a trap door or angled like a cellar door. And when they looked at it at different times, it looked different. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that impossible geometries of the mortal realms. Um, one of the biggest hangups, and I've said it many times that I have, is that when you look at these maps, it's like, how do you not fall off the edge of a... It just... it. There, it's very old, like Norse mythology, you know, Native American myth. Where mm-hmm. things aren't a big round sphere. Yeah, you don't live on a planet. You live in this weird realm of things. Mm-hmm. Um, and so their ability to imp- navigate the impossible geometries. I just I liked how that was because it, it sort of summed up that ho- you know, they're acknowledging that these are weird places, and uh, you know, even for the people who live there. Mm-hmm. It's it you know travel around and through and from these things is not you know it's not as simple as one might seem. Um, oh, and this is where it talks about how Zinch hates these guys because they that, find them the and compass, they can figure it out. Yeah, the compass allows them to break through. Yeah. Oh no, really? You got all these little twists and turns. No, my compass says go left. Mm-hmm. So forget it. Um, it's really cool. Once again, these are. I, I keep thinking of Shadow Warriors. Oh, like, yeah. You know. And that's what they're supposed to be because they almost look like uh, Lion Guard or a Lion. The, the White Lions? White Lions. There you go. Yeah. They almost look like them with their uh, furs and everything, but they play so much more like a Shadow Warrior role. Right. Because when we saw them, we thought White Lions, but do you read it and it's not. I, I still don't know how I feel about the wearing the pelts unless they're doing that as like camouflage or something like that. Mm-hmm. But, you know, because you don't want to paint them up camouflage. They wouldn't ever cover up their colors. No. Uh, so I guess wearing an animal skin would be the next best thing to camouflage. I mean, they're, they're not going to just stick branches in the little, you know, nicks and you know, and stuff like. Um, I just I, when I first saw, it, I didn't know how I felt about the pelts. I get now why mm-hmm. they wear the pelts. Yeah, as opposed to like a ghillie suit or something like that. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> um, and then last but certainly not least, we've got the Vanguard Raptors. Uh, super dead eye shots. Oh yeah, and they've got the ether wings with them. Um, you know, the, and once again, the ether wings who can see through anything. Uh, some people think that their ability to shoot so well is because the ether wings are a spotting for them, but that would that would that would imply another connection, an, mm-hmm. an even deeper connection. Um, of all the of now so far of everything we've read, all the different three the three chambers and all the characters, these are the guys who stay farthest away from the the cities in Azir and come there the least often. Yeah, um, they actually live up in the Iries with the with, with the ether the, wings. It yeah, says. and they watch over the nests. Yeah, um, what I thought was kind of cool. It says it's a rare thing to see a vanguard raptor descend from their high Iries and walk the streets of Azerheim. When they do, they carry a distant, mysterious air. Never long do they tarry, as the nesting places of the Easter Wings must always be watched for reasons no Vanguard Raptor will tell. Mm-hmm. Once again, cool little... I mean, you know, is this something that's just cool to be mysterious? You know, like the, like the, two, like the two chapters of Space Marines we don't talk about? Or is this... Um, or is this something that's going to... Like, I, I, I just... I know I said slow down, but now it's like I want to know. Like, mm-hmm. I, this is where I, this is where the black library books that I that I always fall so far behind on. Yeah, this is where it's like I kind of want. I, I'd, I'd like a new book, please. At some point, I'd like mm-hmm. to read something about them. Um, 
this heraldry section is out of sight. Yes. It's, it's probably the biggest one. It's gigantic, and it ruined my army, but that's okay. I'm sorry. Did it? Did Was there something you painted that it changed? I painted or- them Celestial Knights, which in the old book was that dark blue that I have and a light gray. Now it's dark blue and white. Oh. I mean, Zing. I get it. Yeah. Well, you could still be them. I mean, they have offshoot. I mean, that's the whole thing. You can paint them up as a no, no, they'll, you know, I'll figure out print, something, but it's fine. I mean, it's just to see all the different heraldry, to see all the different extra bits, the different shields and the different shoulder plates finally get incorporated. Um, and to even introduce something just as simple as a check pattern. Um, oh, the check pattern that came in. Oh, yeah. Um, I, uh, you know what I like is the they 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 go into more uh, description. The little buckles, the little stars. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like oh, the different colors mean stuff. You know, yeah. The uh, the different marks on the armor mean stuff. Um, seriously, they go through how many? There's six. And this is another uh, 12, 18. They have 18 uh, different uh, Stormhost uh, chapters, uh, different colors here. Yeah, they had 16 in the original set. Um, okay. So they've added a few more. But then they also talk about like the different chambers with regards to the Marx Extremis and then the... Uh, yeah, the markings. They explain the markings on the... Uh, like, you know, oh, they have different... Like, the, even the, the Dracos have different marks on their... Uh, the scales and their they they have different markings and this is what this stuff's like yeah now we got the heraldry for eight yeah eight uh, four extremist chamber and four uh, of the rangers oh it's just there's so much in here mm-hmm. to look at and go oh that's so cool um and then we get to all the crazy stuff yeah do we want to uh, uh you know what we let's why don't we why don't we talk Crazy. Let's take a quick break and then talk crazy stuff. I think it'll be easier this way. Yeah, just to um, kind of do the delineation and the break. Sure. So let's take a break and we'll be right back. Hey, Grant, what you doing? Oh, not much. Just building some models and listening to Garage Hammer. Garage Hammer? I love that show. It's awesome. I know. Hey, guys. This is Chris Tomlin from The Black Sun, and you're listening to Garage Hammer. And we are back talking about the forces of Sigmar, allegiance abilities, and all the new toys. Now, this was kind of great. I mean, obviously, this wasn't in the old book because nope. they didn't have all this stuff lined up. Um, it plays to the story. And one of the things I liked that I don't think we had seen in a book prior was when you had your artifacts of power and stuff, you didn't just get them. Like, some of them were specialized. Like, you can, instead of just picking an artifact of power, you can pick a standard. For someone who has a totem, or some of the guys who have the the lanterns, the lanterns you can do that instead of taking an artifact. So mm-hmm. it's something. It's not just like it's not just every guy gets a special sword. These guys don't need special swords. They have this funky lantern. Let's give that a you know. So you can mm-hmm. you can really start to customize not just you know what you're putting on the table, but how you decide to give them bonuses and stuff. Yep. Um, you know, I still can't make. A character like you don't get that option like we used to. Uh, I don't really miss it so much anymore. No, but I never would have thought that. Here, pick one or two things out of this list and just toss it into your army as you see fit. I never thought that would scratch that itch. Yeah, but there's a lot of level of customization with how you put your army together now. Mm-hmm. So I don't. We didn't have that before. Before it was just 
here's a whole bunch of swordsmen or whatever it was. Right. But now you get a little more customization, especially with the formations and stuff like that. That lends to... Right. So we start off, and they've got their battle trait now um, is basically you can just set them up out in the in the ether. Yeah, and drop them in. Uh, they need to roll a three or better to drop in. And you have to drop them when you roll it. Yes. There's not a choice. It's You roll a three, they're in whether you want them in or not. Yeah, no, but you don't have to choose. To, do you have to choose to roll every turn? Do you have to roll for everything? I don't think you do. So, I mean, you can just... You said for roll in each one of your movement phases. You roll a dice for each of the units. So you have to roll. You can do this as many units as you wish. In each of your movement phases, roll. Oh, yeah, so you have to roll. Okay. Yeah. So if you roll them up on turn one, they're dropping in turn one. Yeah, you roll or them turn in, three or turn never. If they never show up, they count as dead. Yep. So and, it's a risk. And realistically, at that point, if you can't roll a three plus five times on one unit, you they, might want to check your dice. They screwed up. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah, but it's you know I, I like it because you you know it it allows you to to do those lightning drops from the story for anybody. I don't need a special battalion to do it right. now, uh, and I don't have to take a whole bunch of stuff. Mm-hmm. I can one drop my army with this rule if I want to risk them not coming down. I mean, it wouldn't be a one-drop because you deploy each unit separately. Oh, that's true. Instead of. Instead, yeah, okay. So it allows you a little more flexibility depending on your unit and how you're playing. True, so, true. Okay, I get you. I get you what you're saying. Um, but but yeah. the big thing is that they drop in the movement phase. So you've already had your hero phase. So that means command abilities won't usually affect them, so you can't like hit them with Inspiring Presence. You can't turn the lantern on them from the Lord Castellant. Mm-hmm. You can't put a prayer on them, and they have to be at least nine inches away from an enemy when they drop. So they're going to be far away. So it's not like it's, oh, I'm going to drop in and punch you in the face immediately. That's not how it's, the army it's, plays. It's balanced, because the fact that I can drop in nine inches behind you... Mm-hmm. You know, I can drop in nine inches. I mean, yes, it's harder to roll a nine. Oh yeah, than it is to roll a you know a four or five or six, whatever. Um, but you're still dropping in close. You you have to be dealt with. Correct. I might not be able to drop in and then get a charge off on you, but I can drop in and you have to deal with me, me being there. And mm-hmm. that's that's. I, and I, I just like how it plays. It just it plays to the fluff again. That idea that in the middle of the battle, a lightning strike hits the ground, and there's a, there's troops there ready mm-hmm. to charge in. That's cool. Yeah, like I like it. I do like it. Um, command traits are pretty general. You know, I mean, um, no sir. Oh, I'm sorry. Are... No, not the command traits. I was. Yeah. T- I'm sorry. I was talking about the artifacts of power. Um, total mistake there. Um, you like these a lot. There's a couple shining stars in here. Mm-hmm. Um, consummate commander, where you can let another hero use its uh, command ability on its card or on its war scroll. Yeah. So you can have a Lord Celestin on Dracith to get the two foot bubble, and then you can have a Northern Lord Celestin on foot to get the plus one bubble on the to hit rolls, and you can have them go off at the same time where we can't normally do that unless you're like Archeon or something. No, it's a cool, it's yeah. a cool rule, and it's one of those things if you have. Uh, two Lord Aquilors, you use two of their command ability, you can redeploy a substantial chunk of your army, just poof. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. But we'll come back to that one. Um, um, the five up, ignore a mortal wound. That's, mm-hmm. I mean, that's 
standard. Um, the cunning strategist, after you set up both of your armies, you get D3 units can move up to five inches. Mm-hmm. That's actually not bad. It's not a huge move. It's not like you're redeploying them. Yeah. Uh, and it might only be one unit, but there's been times where, you know, it's like, I just, I need to shift or I need to get a little bit closer. Yeah. That's getting a little bit closer is a big difference. Especially with an army where it's, you can have it be mostly heavy infantry. They're very slow. This helps to fix that. Um, Zealous Crusader, your general gets to reroll charge distance. That on a Dracoth or a Star Drake, pretty legit. Mm-hmm. But um, I, the Shining Star for me is Staunch Defender. Um, I think this one you're going to see a lot. That's all I've used since this book came out. I've tried a few of the other ones, but Staunch Defender is the one that sticks. Well, see, here's my filth. This is what I do. <laughs> okay, I'm sorry. I put that on my Lord on the Dracoth. Yep. So he's at a two-up armor save on turns he doesn't charge all the time. It mm-hmm. basically counts as... Con- if you don't know what it means... Uh, your general and all friendly Stormcast Eternal units within six inches add one to their save rolls if they have not charged and it doesn't stack with terrain. Yeah, it so it basically very counts as being, it basically counts as being in terrain all the time when you didn't charge. Uh, I take him and then I take Lantern Guy, mm-hmm. who gives him the plus one to his save, and on a seven you get wounds back. Seven you get wounds back. So his save is now a one up, and I know one up fails, but now you need at least a rend two for anything other than a one to fail. And he's got that shield. To re-roll ones. To re-roll ones. And if he saves those, you take a mortal wound the guy who is attacking him. Mm-hmm. That is how I stood up to Alarial for four t- turns with just a Lord on Dracoth and was killing her. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it took suddenly bringing in Tree Lords and all this magic mortal wound stuff to, to take him out. Because they'd hit him and hit him. He'd take a couple of wounds. And then it was like, oh, okay, now you attacked me. Now you take a few mortal wounds and I take all these wounds back. Now, um, that's that's like my favorite little filth. Mm-hmm. Um, what I didn't realize, and I don't think my opponent did it at Adepticon either because he just kept attacking me, and I never thought about this, is I guess it, uh, is in com- you don't have to attack. You can just choose not to fight. Correct. You can just be like, no. I'm So, like, if this comes up and I charge into your big bad super monster, your super monster will be like, no, I'm, I'm not going to attack you because I don't want you to do mortal wounds to me and heal wounds back so mm-hmm. they can opt to, i i never th- I, it's one of those things that says you may attack with model with weapons you have in reach and for the most i think it's just one of those things like we instinctively think you have to attack you're in combat and why wouldn't you attack but if you have a situation like this where you get that reroll stuff you know, maybe it's not that worth it, but for the most part, you should really be hitting people. Yeah, but I'm just I, get your swings but, in. But I understand how someone in this situation. I mean, seriously, if you have one, one, even if you have one rend, I'm still saving on twos, which is essentially a one, and rerolling ones that do mortal wounds back to you, and then doing mortal wounds and healing anything that had happened to me before. I can see someone being like, you know what? No, it's not worth it to me. I'm going to do more damage to myself than good. I'll just hold off and then try. Now, it, it, you know, the nice thing is suddenly now I'm using him. Now, nobody wants to fight him. I can run in and charge and hit you, and then you're basically retreating from him. Right, which then means you can't charge or shoot or do anything like right. that. Uh, then, of course, if I have to charge in, I still don't get the twos because I don't get that plus one, but I get the lantern plus one. But still, mm-hmm. it's it's a kind of a crazy little – that thing's awesome. It is. Um, and then the last one's Champion of the Realms, so you get plus one attack on one of their melee weapons that isn't the mount. Right. Okay, cool. If, hey, but if you've got one of these crazy weapons, you know, yeah. plus one attack can be really 
awesome. Yeah, depending on your weapon. And there's a couple other things in here that you can stack onto it. Like, you get another attack um, from, like... Because they break this down into weapons, armor, artifacts, banners, and lanterns. Right. So, there's a lot to it. Um, it's a lot of options, like we saw with the Zinch book. There's there's uh, 24 options here, because there's <laughs> there's three for the banner, three for the lantern, and then six weapon, artifacts, and armor. Mm-hmm. Um, you just get one, unless you're taking a, a, another reason to take out a battalion. Is to go shopping for more items. Yeah. Uh, you wind up, oh, once again, you wind up with less points on the table because you're spending points on a battalion, but some of these items are really, shoot, man. I mean, come on. Um, the mirror shield? Yeah, that's a standout right away. I like um, to put that on my other heroes who aren't the Lord Celestin, who doesn't, on Dracoth, who doesn't really need anything at that point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, minus two for missile weapon attacks against him? Yeah, okay. I'll yeah. take that. Especially with the prevalence of like Skyfires and Kurnoth Hunters in the meta. Yeah. That's a substantial difference. I don't want you taking out Toot Toot. I don't want you taking out my Lord Relictor. You're going to have to get him in combat because mm-hmm. you're not. Uh, yeah. Because now suddenly threes to hit or fives to hit, fours or sixes, you know. Yeah. And, and especially just... for like Skyfires because you're negating mortal wounds yeah. on their sixes. Oh, right. Because so. minus two. Yeah. Unless they've got a plus two to hit, then those mortal wounds are out the door. So yeah. you're really saving your character. I could almost see putting that mirror shield onto the LC. Yeah, at that point, you know, mm-hmm. if you're facing stuff like that. Um, oh, I mean, I don't want to go and sit and go through every one of no, these no, items, no. but do you have any standouts that you really love? Uh, the spell shield, because you don't have an unbind this army. You don't have wizards. The only one that can do it inherently is the Lord Veritant. Right. And then the Lord, Lord Relictor can do it on a prayer, which is kind of a waste. Mm-hmm. Um, but the Luck Stone, little cheeky Luck Stone, um, this guy, when I read it, it's like, oh, you know, that's cool. And then it's like, uh, excuse me, I'm sorry, what? Because um, I'll put this on a Knight Venator. So that's the sniper with the star faded arrow. Okay. So I'm going to hit on a two, win on a three, rend one. If it gets through, I get to change it damage roll to the result I want. So that's nine wounds against a monster or a hero. Just Merry Christmas. Twang. Not bad. Not yeah. bad. Or if that doesn't get through because it's only ran one, at some point if you need to use the Star the star Eagle, right? you change a wound roll to a six, so then it's ran three. Right. So he's got some uses on the Luxstone, which is you can change the result of a hit Wound, damage, or save roll, and it's for this hero. But it doesn't. It doesn't say like the other one says. You can't use it for the mounts, right? So that, uh, especially like I said, um, because the mounts get those attacks now. That mm-hmm. super clause, like you said, the three rend. Uh, you uh, to wound roll of six with them changes it from one wound to d six wounds. Yeah, with and the Dracoth, the Dracoth, and you give him the and the Dracoths. I mean, I put Keen Claude on my Dracoth for my Lord Celestine because. I like There's it. There's no reason not to. Yeah. I mean, already, if it's a, a six to wound is going to do D6 damage, so why don't I do a minus three rend on top of that to make sure that you don't save it? Yeah. So then if you've got that, like I said, that Luxstone, oh, really, I need to, I need this. Boom. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm going to do that six damage to you. Yeah. Um, I don't... I haven't really used too much of the, ban- the, the different standards. No. I haven't either. The... Stand out on the 
lights, though, uh, the Lantern of the Tempest. Oh, yeah. That makes your army that is very susceptible to shooting because it doesn't move that quickly inherently um, helps a lot. So it's um, this only goes on a Lord Castellant, a Veritant, or an Azeros. Um, so enemy units that shoot at that hero or Stormcast units within six have to reroll hit rolls of six or more. So again, Skyfires, oh, if you roll those mortal wounds, oh, look, you got to reroll it anyway. Yeah. So it's a nice little toy, um, nothing terribly obnoxious. Um, so there's some cool stuff in here, a lot of options. I like it because a lot of these guys, the, with the lantern, that light's going to help you. Like It's going to you know purge out the evil. So the chaos mm-hmm. stuff, it's already hurting them, so they want to get rid of it. Yeah. It's like, eh, I'm just going to make it a little harder for you here. Mm-hmm. Um, I did like the inclusion of prayers. That's our next little bit. Because they made the Lord Relictor from the guy that you never took to the guy that you will always take now. Yep. Um, because he is a priest. Same with the Lord Veritan. So they can each get a prayer. Um, there's a couple standouts on here. I mean, bless weapons. Bless weapons. Yeah. Yeah. This is so good. Uh, you need that four or more for the prayer. So mm-hmm. it's not always going to happen. But hit rolls of six immediately rolls another attack. Yep. Yeah, I I've, I've got that. I got that. You can put that on your uh on your retributors. Oh yeah. Easily. And then you stack that with the Lord Celestin's ability to give them plus 1 to hit so their fives and sixes do two mortal wounds and another attack. Mhm. Which yeah. is yeah, that's okay. Yeah, I'll take it. Um the God King's aspect was one that I thought was odd. I I like it as story-wise, but I don't know if I would just so much I no. I just didn't yeah. Uh, so let's see. Roll a die on a four or more of the prayers heard. Enemy units within 12 inches add two to any battle shock test they have to take. Uh, but if you roll a one, then you take a mortal wound. And that's the only one that does that to you. Minus two to, to, your, to, your, to your battle shock test or add two to your battle shock test roll can be brutal. It can be. But it seems like in my experience with these Stormcast units, you're going for wholesale unit removal. Right. You may not need that extra pip. Right. Um, I could see using that if you know you're going to be playing a lot of, uh, like, destruction armies. Yeah, or, with the low bravery. Right, and they're already taking some. Or even against death, because all of their bravery is, to- is really high, and been, you're hitting units and trying to wipe them out, and they can be putting them back. Mm-hmm. So anytime I can get two more off the board. But it's like it doesn't always happen. I, yeah. do, I just like it buff-wise. I say a prayer, and I look more like Sigmar, so it, everybody wants to run away from me. Yeah. Because I look... <laughs> it's, and it's a substantial bubble, too. Yeah. 12 inches is nothing to sneeze at. No. Um, he can be covering several different fights. Oh, yeah. Just by standing there. Yeah. Which is cool. So. Um, and then Lightning Chariot is... That thing is a army breaker, realistically, because it's kind of like Sail... You basically pick a unit or the priest within three inches and roll a dice and on a three plus, you remove it from the table and set it up anywhere within two feet of where it was and not within nine inches of an enemy. And then it can't move again. So it's not as broken as sail. Right. But it's a move during the hero phase, so it doesn't count as a retreat. So then you can redeploy and then go at a charge again. Yep. And it's still at nine inch charge, but... Getting a guy two feet away from away. where he was exactly is is great. Or if it's a unit gets getting beat on, and you're like, oh no, I can't let him die. Yeah, get him out of there. Just get him out, and it's and because 
the only problem with your retreat roll is you may not roll high enough to get out of there. Mm-hmm. And here it's just like, boom, I'm these two feet away. I've, oh, yeah. I've, I've stolen your ability to get your, your bonus. Mm-hmm. Um, and here's the first time we see... Pimp my ride. Exactly. Pimp my ride. Dracoths, Star Drakes, Griff Chargers. Everybody's got six abilities you can give to one hero's mount. And then you get one more for a battalion if you take it. Yes. So, yeah, because this counts. Yeah, this is a separate thing from. Yeah. So you literally will get one for your. One for a hero and one for a mount. Mm-hmm. In a regular game, and then uh, a battalion will add to both of these. Yeah, so they're not mutually, they're not the same thing. It's not like right. you get an artifact or a trait. Um, I think the big standout is Keen Claw. Six is to wound, is Ren three. And you can take that on all of these guys because yeah. it's all the same ones for the one, two, three. Right. Uh, yeah, the the Dracoth, tra- it's so good. Um how many heroes ride Dracoths? It's just the LC, isn't it? It's just the LC. But yeah, like I said, combined with that with the Dracoth's normal ability, mm-hmm. so good. Plus one to move. Eh. Um, roll if the hero is slain, and on a four or more, the unit that slew them suffers D three mortal wounds. I don't like. I, I get what it is, but I don't like it. I don't like an ability that is contingent on me dying or my guys losing. Like. I'm planning on losing that guy. No, I'm not planning on losing that guy. So I should never have to use this ability. Or if he gets shot out, it only works in the combat phases when he bites. Right. So it's a very situational ability. Um, the Drakekin, though, I thought that was interesting um, to keep your guy in the fight longer. Because um, if the hero suffers damage from an attack with a damage characteristic of more than one, on a five it just goes down to one. So this way, even if you get hit by Gal Mirage on a five or six, that's so only one damage. Yeah, um, it's, it's it's a five or six, mm-hmm. so it's not happening that often, and it's still based on taking damage. Yeah, and you getting hit. Uh huh. Um, the storm breath range going to sixteen instead of twelve isn't bad. Thundercaller, I like no. that one. And then pack hunter, if you're going with like more um, extremist based. You'll get more bang for the buck out of that because you get two attacks with the Drakith. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're within six inches of another Drakith. So if you've got a hero next to a regular Drakoth unit. He'll get plus two attacks on the claws, which is cool. But I think Keen Claude is really the... That's the standout here. Oh, yeah. Um, and realistically, like with the Star Drake, you get those first three. So plus one movement, the four or more if you die in the hero phase, and then the Ren three on the six to wound. Um, but then you get, like, where you fly over something with the dragon, you do, t- on a two or more, you do D3 mortal wounds. Um, the rolling thunderhead goes up to a 24 inches instead of 18. That's pretty cool. Yeah. That's that yeah. really cool. Um, and then the star brand, which is, when you look at the damage table for the Drake character, you treat it as having suffered one fewer wound. So, okay. That, well, I mean... You know that in the beginning it doesn't help as much because it doesn't drop that much. But I mean, when you need to get work done, yeah, that's I actually like that one. Mm-hmm. I like the fact that it's just slowing down the process of of whittling down that that enemy. He he's going to be at peak efficiency longer. Yeah, um, not much longer, but it's still. If it was one whole level, I think that would be a little more obnoxious. Picture but it's that. Not. Picture that on on a, like a thunder tusk. 
Or oh yeah, guys. you know that that plus. You know, I get you down three or four. I get you from six to D six, and mm-hmm. it's like, nope, you didn't. I got one more. Yeah, I count as having one less wound for the these purposes. That's that's demoralizing. Oh yeah, <laughs> especially that thunder tusk. Yeah, I mean, when when you really need to get that, it's, I think it's that getting that first level broken mm-hmm. is so. Crucial. Key and to get that one, you know, it's uh, instead of three wounds, I get to take four before that happens. That's a big difference, mm-hmm. especially on these guys who don't wound easily. So, right, I like it. Um, and like you said, uh, for the Griff charges, the first three are the same on all these. Um, roll an extra die. So when you when you do when you do wind running, you can go an extra d six. So it's seven d six, which is. Woof! That's, that's fantastic. Uh, let's see what else. The Ether Stalker. Um, you can pick an enemy hero and reroll all failed hit and wound rolls made for the Razor Beacon claws that are directed against that hero. So if you're going to take your hero and you're planning on you know getting stuck in, rerolling to hit and wound rolls for your creatures' attacks because they're not they're not that bad. No, it's when we get to discussion. The Lord of Quillers mount is Ren two. Inherently, and if yeah. it does a six, I think it's a mortal wound. Um, but the big thing is, you can turn him into like a melee assassin with this trait because he gets a compass built into him. So if you have a character in the back, like Sail, um, he just pops on and says, Okay, well, my Ren 2 attacks get to reroll hit and wound rolls against you because you're my target mm-hmm. and that'll chew right through sales armor save or any squishy character in the back that needs to go away right no it's it, of these it's the best one re-rolling run roll is the other third one and that's yeah. not bad but if but you can't just... run in charge i just don't see why you wouldn't just ride the winds exactly and that's that's the big thing uh let's see one two two battle plans Mm-hmm. Path to Glory campaigns. I'm. I don't want to spend a lot of time on it. It's cool. I like and it. And they fleshed it out more. They did. They absolutely fleshed it out. If if you're interested in a Path to Glory campaign, definitely pick this up and read it because mm-hmm. there's a lot more you can do. Obviously. Um, and then we get to. Now we get to the part that everybody likes, the battalions, and there's a lot of them. Yeah, is this everything, or are there still ones in other books that aren't listed here? There's one that's missing um, from the original Stormcast book, The Wardens of the Realm Gate. Right. Um, That's not in here, and then they did change a few of them. Um, Most notably, the Hammer Strike Force um, used to be two units of Retributors and a unit of uh, Prosecutors. Now it's just two units of Paladins, which is the Protectors, Decimators, or Retributors. Uh, I found well, at a two thousand point game. I almost always take this the hammer strike. Yeah, and I took uh, I took five uh, protectors and ten ten uh, retributors. Uh, retributors. Um, between the two of them, you know, the five guys getting able to get bonuses against monsters, mm-hmm. and then ten ten retributors is just dumb. I have I think I had three. Uh, yeah, three maces in there, mm-hmm. uh, and that was the story from Adepticon. Fifteen of these guys wrapped around the giant cabbage, and I never even attacked with the protectors. The you ten, don't need it. The ten guys just was like plam, plume, plam. I rolled, a, I, I rolled a bunch of sixes, and he went away. It was just yeah. stupid. And realistically, friends don't let friends play 
against friends with the hammer strike because I did 10 and 10 last night and it takes your opponent's army off. How many points were you playing? 2K. And you took 10 retributors and 10 protectors? Yeah. Wow, that's a huge chunk of your army right there. It is, but once the alpha hits, it it'll put you in the ground real quick. Yeah, you took that to a friendly game? I I've never played with it cuz whenever I played competitively with the Stormcast, it was always the banner okay. before we get to it um where I just picked up the retributors and just bombed it. Oh. So, I hadn't tried it before, but now having tried it, it's like, no, nah, I'm not going to play that anymore. Not unless it's like high-end tournament. Yeah, I like to play it in a tournament because it is it is the it is the punch that this army. I play a lot of stuff on foot though, so yeah. I don't take a lot of shooting. I take a little shooting, and I have a lot of guys on foot. You need that to get them where they're going because yeah, they're slow. They're so slow. And once they drop, and, and plus the bonus on the uh, the what is it to get plus one on their rolls to wound plus one to wound on that first turn. So you drop them in, try to get within three four inches of your opponent. Get the charge roll off, and then you're it's threes by twos, isn't it? It's yeah just, for all of them. Yeah, and then if it's a protector, they get the six to wound. It's d six damage against monsters. It becomes a five. So it becomes a five. Yeah, it's it's great. Mm-hmm. Okay, so the warrior chamber. Uh, no, that's not the one. What's the what's the chamber that everybody took all the time? Or the the not the hammer strike force. The one drop uh, battalion. Oh, that wasn't in here at this point. Oh, okay, because um, like we had the three chambers before, and they kind of cleaned them up a little bit. But for the formation, it was always like um, the Warrior Brotherhood. That's not in this new book. All right, um, but it's still in the Grand Alliance order. Right, so that's okay. where that lives. But it's not as effective as it used to be. The Knight of Zeros changed, so he doesn't let people strike close to him anymore oh, so it, okay the warrior brotherhood kind of lost its punch um the vanguard wing changed they added a unit of adjudicators um to the requirements of that unit of so, that battalion so did it used to just be three and one or it was used it to be the three units of pigeons and the one unit of liberators and now it's a unit of liberators and a unit of adjudicators mm-hmm. okay um and does it allow but it's still just the uh the liberators that get to disappear and move. Okay, so it just costs a little more, like mm-hmm. more in you know unit wise, right? Um, I don't know. I like some of these uh, different battalions. It's just that hammer strike one is so good. I never really play with the other ones. Yeah, the other one I've been playing with a lot is the Aether Strike um, on page one thirty. So this is the gun line portion of this show um so it's a knight venator and a zeros two units of judies two units of raptors either the long strikes or the hurricanes okay and then two units of the aether wings and essentially what this is this is kind of like how we were talking earlier about how the aether wing sees for the raptor um so pretty much in the hero phase um one unit from this battalion can shoot at a unit if it's within 12 inches of the ether wings or the knight of zeros. So they could be really far away. They could. So Vanguard Raptors, the long strikes, when we get to it, have a 30 inch shot if they don't move. With the Lord Relictor, with Lightning Chariot, you pick up a unit of ether wings. 
you throw them 24 inches in the hero phase, and then you open up. So they don't even get a chance to react to suddenly getting three sniper rounds in the face. (laughs) And then the other cool trick, when you kill a unit from this battalion, another unit from the battalion gets to shoot you if they have the range. Nice. Yeah. So I'm going to throw this unit of aether wings in front of you. If you charge and kill them, I'm going to kill you back. It's very retaliatory, and it doesn't say that a unit can't do that more than once. So if you have one sniper team left, if you kill my ether wings over here, bang. You kill those over there, bang. So. Very nice. Yeah, and it's a good chunk of your army, but you know what? Whatever. It's cool. So is that the filth you've been playing when you're not shooting, uh, when you're not bringing down a heavy hammer strike force? That's what I've been trying, yeah. Um, So they added a few other ones. um, But then the big thing that they did was they brought in all of the warrior chambers for the distinct hosts. Right. Um, Like they did with the Sylvaneth, with the Root and the whatever other ones that we've talked about. Um, You can't play any of these because yours aren't painted right. Oh, I love that conversation. <laughs> Let's not even have it. I have painted everything up, as I almost always do, like the cover of the book. Mm-hmm. Um, I like how they look on the cover. My Karadran Overlords looks like the guys on the cover of the book. I started reading the book. Guess what? There's six major cities, and they're mm-hmm. just like these chambers. They get a bonus. Yep. The biggest city, that's what they look like. And it actually mm-hmm. says in there, if you paint them this way, you could take the bonus. First of all, if you don't paint them that way and you want to take the bonus, I'm more than happy to let you have it. Yeah. Uh, second of all, if you tell me I have to take those guys because they're painted that way, I'm thinking you're being silly. So I'm just saying right there. Because right now i got to take this Warriors of Sigmar chamber all the time because I painted them that way. Mm-hmm. Um, not that I don't want to or not that I want a different one all that much, although there are some really good things here. Um, let's let's not be silly, people. Let's let's. It's your hobby. Yeah, play Just, it how you want to play it. Right. But don't make don't ruin other people's hobby because they didn't happen to paint something a certain way. Mm-hmm. So what stands out for you here? There's uh, six of them. They all have bonuses. I don't want to say, don't, no, there's eight of them. There's eight of them. I there's a wanna, lot. Yeah, we don't have, I'm, I'm trying to keep this to three hours, not six. So yeah. <laughs> there's a, we could keep talking. Um, there is, well, I mean, there's a reason we're covering this book or the Stormcast for the third time. Yeah. It's so much good stuff here, you know? Yeah, they give you a ton. Um, the two I like the most are the Tempest Lords and the Celestial Warbringers. Um, I know a lot of people are going to instantly go to the Celestial Vindicators. Okay, great. But the thing with the Warbringers is that you have to take a Lord of the Storm, which is six heroes, and at least two of them have to be Knights Heraldor. And we all know that I love me a Knight Heraldor. <laughs> he's one of the coolest guys. Um, so with this big formation, any of the Knights Heraldor, their toot toot is 25 inches instead of 15 for either run and charge, retreat and charge, or pick a terrain feature and shake and bake. So you can automatically reach across the table and start shaking terrain in their deployment zone just by going, toot. It's effectively a 30-inch range. Toot. Yeah. It's amazing. Yeah. Um, and they got a few other things. Like, they can't have their bravery modified um, in any way because they're unshakable certainty about their victory. 
Um, and then if they kill an enemy unit and there's another enemy unit within six inches, so if you try to pile in on these guys, they can roll a dice, and on a six, they get to pile in and attack again immediately. That's great. If they pop the unit. So if they kill the squishy character on a six, they can again go after the unit next to him. That's cool. That's really great. Um, you know what I like about these, and I noticed it uh, with the with the other with the Karadran overlords as well. Uh, okay, the hammers get uh, they, you know they get two abilities and a, and an extra command trait. Mm-hmm. Um, but the hallowed knights they just get three abilities. Yeah, um, celestial vindicators two and a command trait. Uh, the anvils of the Helden hammer have one ability and a blessed weapons. So they mm-hmm. get a, they get a different so like they're not e- it's not even like okay this group gets this group of bonuses like some get different types of bonuses mm-hmm. into their um you know oh here the knights excelsior get two abilities and an artifact mm-hmm. you know so it it really there's not some sort of it's not a cookie cutter where we just change up one or two things they really can depending on what that quality of that army is, mm-hmm. what its strengths are, uh, actually dictates sort of what type of uh, things they're going to get. Um, and I, I love this. I've, I've been saying this since the beginning. I love this in the book where they're not worried about pigeonholing them or, or shoehorning them into uh, a rule that was in a big rule book. Mm-hmm. You can make every unit, every one of these things, very specific and work perfectly for what that unit needs to be. And these are all very cool, very fluffy. Um, you know, once again, in, in matched play, some work better than others. But, you know, they they tried, I think, to make not just stuff that's going to be great in matched play, but stuff that would fit your play style. Yes. You know, so, you know, this this might not be your, you know, Astral Templars weren't, you know, what I, I never, you know, that's not the color scheme I was looking for. That's not what I thought about. But you look at this like, okay, I'd like to take that battalion. I don't mind taking this battalion. And these rules actually fit my play style better. So while it's not always the best matched play choice, it could be the best choice for yours, for the way you want to play. Yeah. And I don't think these tomes are necessarily written with match play in mind. Nope. And it's just a matter of you get to add more character to what essentially a lot of people just call a tomato can of soup, where it's just, it's a, or what is it? It's an ultimate fighter reference, where it's just a soup can opponent. It's just another thing. Right. Um, You get to add character, which is a very big part of this is telling the narrative. So you get to add a lot to it. Absolutely. Um, Let's do this. You know what? Let's, uh, let's take one last break. And then when we come back, um, you know, most of the stuff we, most of the models in here we don't need to cover. I mean, one or two changed, and I know you want to mention them. Oh yeah. Um, but other than that, we'll do that, and then we'll just do the new guys and yeah. talk about how 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 you think they're going to go, and then we'll wrap up from there. So we'll be back in just a minute, folks. Gibson Games in Grays Lake, Illinois is the one-stop shop for all your gaming needs. They carry anything your favorite gamer may want. 
board games, collectible card games, miniature-based games, and all your hobby gaming supplies are there, as well as books, charms, incense, crystals, and other unique gifts. UGG has it all. Come into the store and ask about their frequent buyers program, or check out their gaming and events calendars in-store or online. From Tuesday night War Machine and Thursday Board Game Night to Friday Night Magic, there's always something going on at Unique Gifts and Games in Gray's Lake. Check them out on the web at uniquegg.com. And we are back talking about War Scroll entries and all of the new little things that we get. Oh, yes. Neat, neat, neat stuff. Now, um, all right. Who's had the biggest changes from existing models? Um, there's a couple of them. I mean, obviously, the Relector getting prayers to make him awesome. Um, the Knight Vexilor changed a lot because um, before he was almost that auto-include because of the Pennant of the Stormbringer. Right. Where you got to pick up a unit and then drop it anywhere on the table within not within three inches of an enemy, and then it did mortal wounds to everything within six inches, and it was just absolutely obnoxious. It was. They took that away, and now you just pick up a unit and drop it, but not within nine inches of an enemy, and then there's no mortal wounds. Yeah. So they made him... It's still... It's okay. Yeah, but it's not the busted what it was. I um, honestly never really used it. I abused it, so <laughs> I'm I'm glad that he is where he is. I mean, he's a cool model. I think he's going to see more shelf time, unfortunately. Um, uh, you know what? The funniest thing is, is I didn't realize when I read this, like when I first bought the model, like I was just building what looked cool, and I put the Meteoric Standard on mine. Mm-hmm. So like I never even had one with the pennant. So the one time I used it, I used it with the Meteor Standard. And I was like, what are you, crazy? And I'm like, oh, I kind of like the idea. I can just drop down a comet. You know, yeah. and 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 D three mortal wounds to everything within two D six inches of that comet. Like you could use that kind of early in the game when your whole army is over there in one bubble, mm-hmm. and 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 do a nice little bit of damage. I I I I found that to be enough for what I needed. No, and for what he was in match play before, he was two hundred points in match play before. Yep. Now he's one hundred and forty. So. It's a much more viable thing to take him for the bomb as opposed to the teleport. Yeah. I mean, the teleport's nice. It's yeah. Just, it's just not the abuse it was. It's not that brutal thing. Um, and then the Knight Azeros, he lost his leader of the way, which is letting uh, guys that strike in pop in within five inches of him mm-hmm. instead of nine inches away. Ah, uh, okay. So that's where the Warrior Brotherhood lost its punch. Oh, because you'd put him down next to what you wanted, and they could drop in. Within range of him. Okay. And then go. So he lost that, um, which is fine. I mean, he didn't need it. He's still good, but he also saw a points reduction, which is cool. Um, the Knight Venator, he got to fight finally. Because <laughs> before his melee weapon, he just had the bird. That's right. He just had the bird, and now he's actually got uh, his bow. Yeah. That he uses to club you with. Like Green Arrow. Yeah. No. Sort of. Um, Griffhounds. Yeah, we saw a box of them get released. And if you have a unit of three or more, you can take an alpha. 
Uh huh. Which okay gets three attacks. Here's my question though. Yeah. I it's any number of models, so it's just from zero or from one to a hundred. These guys are forty points a pop, and it's one to six in handbook for match play. Okay, but why? Yeah, I mean, like I've taken one or two, like when I had points that I didn't have anything else to spend, uh, and basically I used them sort of the way I saw you using them, uh, dropping them near. You know, just use, keep them up in the ether, and suddenly drop them in the back near a near a an objective. You think your entire objectives have been held. You've got them. You're moving guys off of them to move up. You know, because this whole area has been cleared, and suddenly this guy drops down, and now you have to sort of deal with him. I've, I've used him more as a, as a sort of a nuisance slash annoyance. Yep. Um, it just seems expensive. Three of them are 120 points. I could have liberators, or even at two, you could take three prosecutors with javelins. Yeah, which are much way better, better than one gr- two griffhounds. I just yeah. they're still way too overcosted. Uh, okay, so we are in agreement there. Like yeah, um, I actually heard Russ Veal say I was just about to mention this. You got forty points left. Take the roll. Yeah, take Don't, the triumph. Don't take a griffhound. Take the triumph. And he's kind of got a point because he does. I mean I've used them and they have they have um, I've, I've thrown I've thrown a, a wrench in the monk a wrench in the works there. Mm-hmm. Um, but that, that's, that's, you know, to get a whole unit of them, which would, I think would be cool yeah. to, to be able to take a unit of them at about 20 points a piece. Oh, for sure. I mean, and literally, and I said, well, that's cheap, you know, 20 points a piece, but really for, uh, I'll take five of them for a hundred maybe mm-hmm. instead of five for liberators two. just for the, you know, for the movement, but 80 for two, no, no, no. no. And that's the problem, because they're great little models. They're so characterful. Yeah. And we've been so excited about having them. Everybody wanted them, and now we got them. We're like, uh, uh, meh, meh, meh. Yeah. So. Um, and then we get to the new stuff, and there's five scrolls for them. Um, and they're all, they're very different than the stuff we've been used to with Stormcast. Oh, yeah. Um. So, let's start just as a general thing, the astral compass. Okay. Cause this applies to a couple of guys over here. Um, so the compass, instead of setting down on the battlefield, you can place them to one side and say they're set up in pursuit. And in any of your movement phases, you can summon them, uh, within wholly within six inches of an edge of the battlefield and more than seven from the enemy. So you do this instead of the lightning strike, Okay. Because you control when it comes in, but you're bound to the board edge. So you're trading one restriction for another, but mm-hmm. you get perfect control of when they pop in. Right. And if they stay towards the back, you know, basically, as long as once they move up just a little bit, mm-hmm. you can drop them in right behind them there. Yeah. With, you know, seven inch, more than seven inches from the enemy and within six inches of the edge of the battlefield. So you figure the models are about three, four inches long. Aren't they about four inches? The long? Palidors. Yeah. But so, the Paladors don't come with one. But the Aquilor does. The Aquilor does. So, but he, so he's about four, that model's about four inches. Yeah, he's about the size of a Dracoth. Right. So they'd have to be almost a foot up. So it's like they're kind of getting towards, they're moving up. Once, they, once again, once they start moving up a little bit, boom, I can drop them back there. I can start smashing things. I can start grabbing your objectives. Mm-hmm. Um, I know there's got to be a use for this to work really well. Oh, there is. So... The thing is, you get control over when you come in, mm-hmm. and 
if you turn your model sideways, you can fit a lot smaller of an area. Oh, that's true. Um, and then the other thing, his command ability works like they have an astral compass. So he gets to pick up himself and or a vanguard unit or a unit of ether wings within two feet of him and then come back in on as if they were in pursuit. So you get to redeploy a chunk of your army just by going poof. Nice. So it plays that hit and run ambush style attack and you're attacking from all corners because you can hit one corner and then snap your fingers and you're over on the other side of the board going at something else the same units so i can oh wait, i can take him and a unit of the paladors yeah and just go together poof poof put them over there set them up in your subsequent movement phase as if they'd just been set up in pursuit so this is during the hero phase movement phase boom they set up like that and so you can move a whole unit, and you can, and if you if you move him with them, mm-hmm. after your strike, you can move in, plant, and then, boom, do it again. Yeah. If you get a double turn with this kind of a setup, or if you have two of these guys with consummate commander, you can take a lot of your army, redeploy it, hit one area, redeploy, hit another area, and your opponent will then have to expend resources to chase you. That's pretty cool. Yeah, it's pretty all right. Um, and then they have um, Ride the Winds Etheric is one of their special rules. So this is the Riding the Winds, the wind shifting. They get to roll 6d6 and move that many inches as if they flew, um, but they can't do it to run or charge. So this is a redeploy move, and they have to be at least three inches away from enemy models, or more than three. And this is on the Aquilor. And on the Paladors. So you have to choose the direction and then roll the dice. Mm-hmm. And then you have to move that way. So you're kind of moving in a straight line. Yep. So you go, I'm going to move this way, and then you roll it, and that's how far you move. Okay. Yeah. So it's not like I roll and see how good I do and then decide where I want to go. Yeah, you, you have to commit first. Yeah. Well, because you think about it, they're charging in that direction, and then they they do the shift. It's like mm-hmm. while in mid-charge is when they, is in the fluff, at least. Is when they, you know, so they're running this way, boom, then they flicker, flicker straight forward. Um, and more than three inches from enemy models. If this is impossible, they can't move at all. Now, you don't have to move the entire amount. So as long as you can be more than three inches away, you don't have to move the entire amount of your six. Yeah, because you can move up to a up number to, of right. inches. Yeah. Um, so they've got that. And then the ethereal strike. So with the griff chargers attacks if you roll a six or more to hit it's a mortal wound instead of normal damage that's nice yeah that always works um, um their their beaks and claws are too rend anyway so you probably would have yeah. but I'll, I'll take i'll take a quick mortal over yeah and it's uh threes to hit three attacks threes to hit threes to wound, rend two damage one um and then he's got a blade which is three attacks threes to hit three soon rend one damage two mm-hmm. and then an axe at Threes to hit, threes to wound, ran none damage, one with two attacks, and then he's got a heavy bolt storm pistol, nine attacks, or nine, nine inch inches range. range, four attacks, three by three, uh, no rend damage, one. And his profile is pretty good. Move 12, uh, three up save, brave nine, and seven wounds. I like him. Yeah. Yeah. He's nice for 200 points but he plays to that if you're going to go with him you should probably be leaning more vanguard 
Yeah, um, your your army. So you're want to theming be your army as you build, which is cool. And if you do theme your army, then let's see. Um, if the general is the Lord Ak- Ak- Lord Aquilor and your Stormcast Eternal Legions, then those hunters become battle line. Yeah, the Vanguard hunters. So, yeah, which though that's not bad. No, not at all. Um, I really like this Lord Aquilor. The riding the winds etheric. I mean. And that's good for getting out of right trouble, almost more than getting into trouble, mm-hmm. um, because you can't charge or anything afterwards. So you're running up there and you're not charging. Yeah, but just to you know, oh wow, really? You got uh, you know what's it? Sila, Sila Sail or not Sail? Skyla Anfingrim. Oh yeah. Or you've got some bloodthirster who's about to wipe my you know, you know what? I'm just gonna <laughs> gone peace. Yeah, I mean six sixty six. Yeah, I mean unless you roll all ones, you're you're gone. Yeah, I'm, I'm just I'm I'm leaving. Now. That's like an average, like what eighteen to twenty one. Well, six dice. So yeah, about twenty one would be your average. Yeah, eighteen to twenty one on the eighteen on the low end, twenty one on the high end of average. Mm-hmm. So that moves. All right, so let's let's talk about the. Uh, um, the Raptors yeah. are next. The Raptors, absolutely. Um, or do we want to talk about the Paladors? Since those are, they're the other riding sure. unit, since sure. they would go with him. Um, very similar. Mm-hmm. Um, now they have they have a bold storm. Do they have the pistol and a javelin? Um, let's see. They all get some a- have a hand axe, and some others have a javelin. Oh, so. Okay. But they all carry a bolt storm pistol. Okay, so you can be doing double duty with the shooting. Mm-hmm. But if you do that, you have less in melee. Less in melee. Um, I don't know. I almost want to take the javelin. Okay, the hand axe, one inch range, two attacks, threes by threes, one damage, no rend. Right. Uh, the javelin, two inch range, only one attack, fours by threes, but one rend, one damage, and then you get an eighteen inch. Shooting attack, threes by threes, one rend, one damage as well. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking the javelin is the way to go. It depends what you want to use them for. If you want to use them for hit and run combat, obviously go with the axe. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you want to use it for kind of an all comers, I think the javelin's the way to go. And then you get the pistol too, which is nothing special. It's two shots, three by four, nine inch range, no rend, one damage. But it's more volume. Right. Right. Exactly. Uh, these things have five wounds apiece, seven bravery, a four-up save. Uh, they can ride the winds etheric. Um, same abilities with the Griff Charger. Rolls a, hit rolls a six is a wound. Uh, the Pelador Prime, who is your... Uh, he can have a Lunar Blade in mm-hmm. addition to the other weapons, not instead of. So instead of can have, I would say it does have, you know. Uh, Lunar Blade, in addition to the shock, uh, let's see, if they do so, choose an enemy unit with an inch and roll a die. On a two or more, they take a mortal wound. So, it's cheeky. It's not as disgusting as a Star Soul Mace, but it's an extra little chip. Well, I mean, basically, with this unit, as long as you have your, your, your prime, eh, on a two up, you take a mortal wound on top of everything else. I'll go with that. All right, so let's run through the, uh... Raptors, the Hunters, and the Ether Wings. Mm-hmm. Um, raptors with crossbow. Now, Raptors, no matter what, are have a five-inch move, two wounds, seven bravery, four up save. Yep. Um, they have. They both have a heavy stock, 
which is, I think, the stock. They're hitting you with the butt of their gun, basically. Yeah, and it's weird. On the long strikes, it's a three to wound. And on the hurricanes, it's a four to wound because it's a bigger gun. Yeah. <laughs> which is, you know, okay. Uh, okay. Uh, so, yeah, two attack. Well, yeah, one attack, fours by threes, or like I said, fours by fours with the hurricane crossbows or the long strike crossbows. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, the long strike crossbow has a 24-inch range. One attack, twos by threes, with two rend and two damage. That's good. Yeah, that puts a hole in a lot of things. Yeah, that's really good, isn't it? It is. And if you happen to have an Ignite of Zeros nearby, you get to reroll ones. Oh, okay. So you can put a hole in something. And then their unit champion is different. He gets an Ether Wing to fight with him, and that'll do something later. Um, but the long shot, if you don't move... With a unit of long strike raptors, you get a thirty inch range instead of twenty four plus five. So just plop these guys somewhere in cover. In cover. So you get a three up save, nice and cheeky, and they can reach out and touch at thirty inches. That's great. Yeah, I mean these are your snipers. Uh, this is what they do. You hit with a six or more, you do two mortal wounds. It's it's based. It's called headshot. I love it. Yeah. Uh, but it's basically the same thing as the as the um, the retributors special rule. It hits yeah. a six, two mortal wounds instead of normal damage, and you get to yell "boom headshot," yeah. and you just get to be obnoxious with it. So that's good. I'm not saying I've done it, but um, yeah, I've done it. So uh, enemy that makes a charge move that ends within one inches of a unit that has a Raptor Prime with an Ether Wing. Roll a die for each Vanguard Raptor in a unit. Any rolls of six in two, flick two mortal wounds on the charging unit. So basically, they, they okay, it's the free shot. Mm-hmm. It's a free shot, but only headshots yep. are going to work. But mm-hmm. if you get the headshot, it, I mean, that's that's like snap fire or something like that. You're getting charged. You, get, you end within an inch of these guys, and anybody who can pull off a headshot is going to get it. Everybody yeah. else misses. Mm-hmm. That's Good. Yeah. That's stupid. How much are these guys? They're 180 for three. Okay. Well, that's that's fair. You pay a premium. They're garbage in combat, which, okay. You, but they're you're awesome getting them in shooting. Yeah, but if you're getting them in combat, you're not playing them right. And you've done something wrong. Yeah. So. Oh, that's that's stupid. Now, how much are the other Raptors with the Hurricane Crossbows? Hundo 60. So, you save 20 points. Um, okay. What do they get? Um... They get volume. If they don't move, they get to add three to the attack characteristics of the crossbow. This crossbow has six attacks? Yeah. And an 18-inch 4x4, no rend, damage one. But it's volume, and you make up for it. Now, you get all of that, and then if you direct all of your attacks from that unit at a single enemy unit, they have to subtract two from their charge rolls until your next hero phase. So if you go and they get a double turn... They're 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 minus two to charge for a while. Oh yeah, that's not bad either. That's really no. not bad either. And even if you move and shoot with them, you're still getting this bonus. You're still putting eighteen shots into them, which is not a terrible thing. Or if you double turn, you get eighteen on the move, and then you get another twenty-seven shots because you didn't move on the next one. Yeah, yeah. An important safety feature, it says, if they don't move in the movement phase, so that lightning chariot is not a move during the movement phase. 
Yeah. Nice. So sneaksy, sneaksy. Or if you get the free shots in the hero phase with the ether strike force, uh-huh. you use these guys to shoot and then shoot another unit. So you have two units that get tagged with the minus two to their charge rolls. So neat little trick. So they're both, I mean, you got the long strike crossbows dropping them maybe on objectives in cover and just having them hold the objective and mm-hmm. just shoot at everything else across the board. You know, and that actually does come to think of it. I mean, even a couple, even at, even at Acon last month, um, there was stuff where it's like, I got to hold this objective. I need to, I need to put a unit on this objective, and it's so far away from everything else that it's like I'm never getting to do anything with mm-hmm. it, and I don't have too many units to begin with. This is kind of like, ugh, these guys suddenly. It's like, a, yeah, yeah, they're great camping objectives. Um, and then oh. important safety feature: the Raptor Prime for these guys. Hits on threes instead of fours. It's not plus one like adjudicator champion. Okay. Yeah. Just yeah. It's not a plus one. It changes his to hit characteristic of three. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Yeah. Otherwise, bless weapons on these guys would just be bananas. Yeah, this is good. All right. Um, let's look at the hunters now. Mm-hmm. Um, these are your, these are the units come in, uh, units of five, you know, two wounds, seven, six inch move, four up save. Yeah. So they are faster even with a four up save. Mm-hmm. Uh, they have a shock hand X while others hold a storm saber. They also have a bolt storm pistol. One in every five models can have an astral compass. Mm-hmm. So this unit can go away too. Yeah. Or on its own. Doesn't need the Palador with him to take him. Nope. And they can start off the table. So, again, the majority of your army can start off the table if you go Vanguard with the exception of your Snipers and your Paladors. So you can have all that stuff set up off the table and wait for the right time as you're walking into the gun suddenly. Well, and there's Stormcast, though. You can always set them up off the table. You just don't have the... The control. The control. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. And then their unit... Now, the swords and axes... It's the same thing, but in reverse. It's either a 4x3 or a 3x4, but it's still two attacks. It's still no rend. It's still only a one-inch range. So it's literally, which one do you like better? And they freely encourage the mix. Right. So that's cool. And then they get to run and shoot in the same turn. So they get to move 6, run D6, and then shoot 9. So they've got a 16 to 21 inch strike range. Not bad. Yeah. And then if you take a toot toot with them, they can run, charge, and shoot. So you can put down a bevy with a knight heraldor. Oh, boy. So he makes them much better. And how much are these guys for five? Hundo 40. Not bad. None of the stuff. There's no cheap. There's not a. There's not a really cheap unit in here. There's nothing that the 80s or 100s like with the, uh, you know, with the um, the bloodbound or a few of the other things. Or even you can take a hundred for the for the for the liberators and yeah, stuff like that. Yeah, or 80 for the prosecutors and the, the jabs. Everything here is going to be at least you know like like you said like a buck forty. Yeah. Um, but man, it's that's some good stuff too. Mm-hmm. Ether wings, three or more models each. And there's 60. Okay, so that's... Well, they're 20 points apiece. Yeah. Um, it should be Griffhound cost, but... Yep. They can move 12, Bravery 6, no save. And two, two wounds. wounds on a little birdie, two wounds. Two attacks, fours by threes, no rend. Uh, 
let's see. Um, we got a watchful guardian rule here. Mm-hmm. At the beginning of the charge, your opponent's charge, fra- charge phase, any friendly unit of ether wings within 12 inches of a friendly unit of Vanguard Raptors can immediately move. Roll two dice. The ether wings can move up to this distance in inches. They can retreat with this move but cannot run, and this move cannot take them further than 12 inches from the Vanguard Raptors. Uh, and you can retreat and charge in the same turn with these things. So basically, hmm, okay, in your opponent's charge phase. So <laughs> you're going to set up your charge, and I can suddenly move these guys yep. up to 12 inches. I could move them away if I don't want to get in a fight. I can move them out of combat they're already in, mm-hmm. or I can throw them up as a screen to keep yep. them away from... My snipers. Yeah. So, oh, look, they got up close. They're going to charge your snipers. Now nah, I think I'm going to move these guys in the way, let you deal with them first. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, and if you take the ether Strike, too, if you charge them and kill the birds, I'm going to shoot you. Oh, that's right. <laughs> because you killed some... Yeah. You killed something from my battalion, by the way. Bang. Oh, that's... There's a lot of little tricks to this army now. It's very multidimensional compared to the Ho-Hum Lightning Strike, Ho-Hum Walk Forward with a Shield Wall. These guys do a lot of different things now. Uh, Ether Strike Force only costs you 80 points, too. Yeah. The battalion itself is very expensive because of all the units in it, Mm -hmm. but it's one of those things that it's half your army, but you still get your two battle line out of it with Judicators, and then whatever else. Oh, that's another important safety feature we should probably mention. Judicators are now battle line if you are Stormcast-only Allegiance. Okay. So... That changes the meta a lot because they were just straight battle line before. So mixed order armies could free mingle. Now you can't. Okay, so do we have a battle line unit that's just... Liberators. Okay. Oh, that's right. That's right. So that's right. Okay, I do remember that. That's right. So yeah, so you can't be just grabbing our great bowmen. Yeah, you have to be mono stormcast to get them as battle line, which is fine. And then if you are mono stormcast and have... Lord Aquiller, you get the Hunters for Battleline. Yeah. That works. Yeah. That's cool. This army has just... I mean, this book really does... First of all, like I said, the story stuff behind it is, is just really... I'm, I'm loving it. But this addition mm-hmm. to the army... And um, when did this book come out? This was uh, February. Okay, so that's probably why I didn't see a lot of it at, at uh, the, those guys at Adepticon. No, and the Paladors came out like the weekend before Adepticon, so okay, unless you were right. Ben Johnson, I don't think I saw any of them. <laughs> um, yeah, because I, I, I didn't see these guys in play, and I was like, huh, I'm not seeing anybody really taking them. And I'm there not were a couple of units them. of snipers, but nothing. But these, yeah, this, this is a whole new way to play your army, and you could literally just, if you like this, just take this. Yeah, for the vanguards. Yeah, this is pretty cool. I'm 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 rather impressed with the with the new guys. Mm-hmm. Um like said, your your infantry units don't have a huge punch. Most um, of them. Most of them. Um I don't know. I guess I, it's it's I haven't got to play with them. I'm very I'm excited about this though. Makes you want to build those guys and paint them. I'm, you know, I've still got five or six character models I need to paint, but I'm like, mm, maybe I'll paint a character and then paint a unit and go back and paint a character, yeah. paint a unit. Um, I'm still trying to figure out how to uh, do some green stuff to fix that uh, 
front plate that I tore off and tore off too much of on the mm-hmm. on the one uh, Drakoth, but I am very happy with what's going on so far with that. So I think that's it. Yeah, you think so? I think so. Yeah, there's. Uh, <laughs> it's another Stormcast review, folks. Hope you enjoyed it. Yeah, we'll do something because realistically, we're out of Stormcast, so we can't talk about them no more. Okay, yeah, I mean, so. we've got several other books we can cover. We've got stuff that came out a long time ago we've never covered. Heck, I never covered the Skaven fluff, uh, Pestilence or Iron Jaws. Yep, I mean, there's stuff. But right now, that's it, I think. So, um, listen, before we shut down, I want to thank everyone for listening. Yeah. Uh, and I definitely want, uh, once again, put out the, uh, you know, beg everybody, hey, go check out the Patreon page. Become one of the 1%, or we're almost to the 1%, um, and and help the show. Before we go, I do want to thank our newest patrons, Quinn Matthews, Bradley Bigar, and Gary Marshall. Yeah. Uh, we got some new, new guys dropping in as patrons, and I always want to thank people who think this show is worth something uh, yeah. that you actually may, worth something physical, uh, not just worth the time to listen to. So thank you guys very much. Yeah. Um, and then if I may, I have two quick plugs, please do. Cause we there for Yep. Um, so the first Sunday in June, um, black dog hobby and game in loves park. Uh, we're doing a Raj Podge style event. So random partners, team tournament, uh, 1000 points, um, it's kind of a fundraiser tournament. The store is going to be moving to its new location within the next few months. Um, so we're trying to help them uh, with the cost of moving. Cause so that's June 4th? June 4th, yeah. All right. And I am probably going to be running something at UGG on June yeah. 3rd. So if you're in Northern Illinois that weekend, you've got something. Um, and then I recently signed up to uh, run an event at Dragonfall. Um, so that's, uh, Mike Lager's con in, uh, October. Okay. Uh, it's the 20th, 21st that weekend. I'm going to be running a 1000 point tournament, uh, five games. Five, one day, one day, five games, 1000 points with the 90 minute rounds. Not sure yet. Probably close to that. And then okay. we're going to be on four by fours instead of uh four by sixes. So, so we can get more people in. Nice. Um, so we're trying to figure out if I'm going to be on the Friday or the Saturday, but it's just to have something fast, fun, and friendly for AOS um, at Dragonfall. So that'll be a nice little titch. And if then, you're, I'm going to have to think now because if you're doing the fourth, mm-hmm. you won't be able to come on the third probably. Or will it's you? me. Oh, okay. If you can, I don't want to do it without you. I want you to be there for the coalescence. Oh, thing, no. So and I, I, I find definitely the, want to. This is so, going to be a very big deal. Yeah. So, um, and I know coalescence is on the 10th. I'm, I, I, I can't. I, I've got family stuff on the 10th. Yeah. Like, so I didn't want to do it a week after because I wanted what we do to be recorded because it means something. Yeah. yeah. So we have to do it that week before. And we're just going to keep our results quiet till everything else is done mm-hmm. and then give it on the, on the 10th. Um, yeah, we got a lot of stuff coming up, don't we? Yeah, we do. It's going to start, which is good. It's kind of great. I'm excited. Um, yeah, you could check. Uh, you know, once, once I get everything uh, finalized for Coalescence, I'll let everybody know. But uh, you know, check at UGG. Give them a call. Unique Gifts and Games in Grays Lake, Illinois, because um, that's where you'll go. That's where you'll call to sign up if you definitely do want to go. So, great show, Alex. That was okay. Yeah. There's another Stormcast review. I always got to say great show at the end. You got to be positive. Oh, no. I it's know. like I tell my students, don't hand me a piece of homework and say this is terrible because now you've now you've got, you you know, even if it is, tell me it's great. So that I may be confused, but at least I'm not coming into it thinking that, you know, that you did something dumb. So 
I guess that's it. So until next time, folks, only the faithful will be triumphant. Only the faithful will stand when all others fall. And only the faithful know no despair except in failure. You've been listening to Garage Hammer. If you've enjoyed the show, maybe consider leaving us a positive review on iTunes or check out our Patreon page at patreon.com slash garagehammer. If you'd like to reach us, you can contact us via our email address, garagehammer at live.com. You can also find us on Twitter. David is at garagehammer. And Alex, that's me, is at somekindageek30. Original music by Claire Seabrook. You can find more of her work at soundcloud.com slash Music. Finally, if you want to join the Garage Hammer community, as well as the AOS community worldwide, you can comment on our episodes in the show thread at the Grand Alliance Forums. That's tga.community. Or check out the Garage Hammer Facebook page. And as always, thanks for listening.